Toad Hop Network Studios. In Hollywood, this, this is the ToadHopNetwork.com. It is strongly addictive. Radio worth watching. Radio worth watching. This is Vox Populi. Vox Populi. The voice of the occasionally interested people. A political talk show for people who don't spend a lot of time talking politics. The only agenda. Understand, inform, and entertain. Now, here's your host, Sean Astin. Hello. <clears throat> Hello out there in Listenerville. My name is Sean Astin, and you are listening to Vox Populi, voice of the occasionally interested people. And now they're hyper-interested, so i got to change the name. Voice of the hyper-interested people, for the moment. Uh, here on the Toad Hop Network, I am joined this morning, this midday, I suppose, uh, thank heavens, riding in on his white stallion to rescue me is my little brother, uh, Mac, uh, uh, one of the producers of the show, a uh, sometimes guest host and a, uh, uh, and a and a co-host today. Mac, hello there. What is up, Vox Populists? <laughs> uh, wouldn't that be nice if it were true? Hola, hola. <laughs> everybody ready? Are you guys ready? Because uh, we're not. I mean, we, we are, are so ready, ready? ready, dude. We are so ready. <laughs> if if uh, if I had even a modicum of ability to sift through the tons of information that was. Uh, Tweeted that I've pulled down. This could have been a great. This would. This I think this is going to be a great show. First of all, is what I want to say. So, um, wow, my travel schedule has been crazy. It's nice to be back in the studio. Where I you was, been, Sean? Where you been? Woo! I, last week uh, during the show, I was in New York City. Get a rope. Uh, I I was uh, I had a perfect little setup with the with the Empire State Building behind me, and and uh, you could see sort of Times Square. If you, you know, and there's sort of TV. Times Square. Well, you Times couldn't actually triangle. see. I could see Times Square, but the TV angle from the laptop couldn't see it. Times parallelogram. But anyhow, it was a parallel universe in uh, in the Toad Hop world when, uh, as Johnny Ice and I were trying to figure out how to how to broadcast to these fine people. And then uh, where? Where from New York? Uh, then I went to South Bend, Indiana. Heard of it? Where I was, uh, I took off my my fair and even uh, host. Hat mm -hmm. and put on my pure partisan. I wanted to say like parchment. I've tried to go with the alliterative quality. The, the uh, pure, let's work on this for the, a second. The pure, pure partisan, partisan platform. There it is. There it is. Um, Shoes. Perspective. The pure partisan perspective. <laughs> right. uh, anyhow, and I was campaigning for uh, a, a friend of mine named Brendan Mullen, who is running for Congress in the second district of Indiana, and that was amazing. It's always I, I always. It doesn't matter how little I sleep. In the morning time, when it comes to wake up to do political campaigning or government work, I just shoot out of bed. That's exciting. It's good, right? You feel a sense of mission. You are, uh, yes, you're a man on a mission. Yeah. Or you're doing your civic duty. You're taking your civic duty seriously. Thinking of uh, Chandler <laughs> and Joey. He said duty. All right, so uh, you, were, uh, you were in South Bend and then after South Bend. And then South Bend, I came back to L.A. for a couple of meetings. Right, right. Ooh, 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 ooh. Got to experience a little bit of the uh, American Airlines uh, thing that's happening. What's the thing that's happening? Well, there's. I, I don't know that uh, anything's happening, but the rumors are yes. that uh, that pilots are, are getting um, – this is what's been reported. I'm not saying it. Right. Uh, have have uh, have been doing these sort of rolling sick outs. Oh, uh, in order to uh, help uh, bolster what they feel that they are owed. 
Yeah, in order to make a uh, case for their the, how important they are. Oh, that's, uh, and, uh, by, and it's I, a, I it's figure. A, I mean, whenever I'm flying, I figure the the pilot's pretty much the most important guy on the plane. <laughs> Um, no, they'd like you to think that. <laughs> well, aren't they? I think they are. Let's be honest. I if I'm parking a car, I think they I'm are. the most important guy parking the car. Well, I, flying a plane, I they, know, the they, guy they, going, come on back, come on back, come on back. Those guys oh. are important too. That's not, that's not, but in terms, in terms of, uh, you know. I got bumped off of several flights and ended up staying a night over in, uh, in Chicago, which was fun. And then came to LA for a couple of meetings and then flew to Tennessee to Chattanooga. Did you know there was a place, such a place? Tennessee? Yeah. Because the Battle of Chickamauga, that's how you know it. I've, yeah. I've heard of it. Look out, mountain. I'm everyday out. people, man. <laughs> so I uh, got to go there and give a speech at a, a, for a group called um, First Things First, and they, they really do some incredible um, advocacy for married couples and, and for families trying to offer classes and things uh, to strengthen the institution, as it were. Of marriage? And of family. All right. And so as a person who's – I sort of made a joke that you know, three or four months into Christine and my relationship on the red carpet lines at the premieres and whatnot, I was getting lots of questions like, so you've been together three months. What's the secret to a long-term relationship? <laughs> That's showbiz, huh? <laughs> so I've been married 20 years and, uh, and I have three kids and, and – and, uh, so they, they wanted to hear what I had to say, and I threw up some pictures and, and had, a, had a great talk. I was sick. I got really sick, which is a bummer. Um, just can't stand. I still have a little bit of residual, but but uh, can't stand not feeling uh, healthy. Obviously, um, mm, but particularly sure. when you have to stand in front of people and and uh, you know share yeah. share thoughts. Sure, um, sure. So then it came back here, and it's just going to go on like that. It's just going to get crazy. Well, let me ask you a question. Uh, yeah. Throughout uh, these travels, um, yeah. at least uh, since uh, the uh, the show last week, w- what have you been trying to think of for this show? What have you been trying to get uh, planned or plotted or you know, what's been what's been the sort of pervading theme well, that you think we're heading down? Uh, the two things that have that have really just grabbed uh, my attention, has grabbed the rest of the world's attention, is, is, you know, I mean, the presidential race is a locus for everything that happens because the presidential, you know, that the president has uh, can affect so many different areas of, of life in he's, American he's, life. He's the president. He's the president or she. Uh, so so that and then you you see what people choose to focus on what the campaigns choose to focus on and then what news does and and obviously the uh you know life in the middle east for um the different countries there and the many emerging democracies and and how the the disaster that happened with uh, you missed a you missed a really intense show with the uh, I think you missed it I don't know if you saw it or heard it but um uh, with the the uh, the Muhammad they called in <laughs> So, uh, no, not Muhammad. He's going to call it again today. Actually, good. That guy was incredible. Yeah, he's got. He he brought my attention. Uh, the cool thing about American Airlines, they have Wi-Fi on almost all their flights. Something special in the Something air. Something special <laughs> in the air. So I, uh, I was able to actually do a whole Twitter production meeting uh, with from thirty three thousand from thirty five to thirty nine thousand, as it were. Wow, man, you were high. I was. Uh, I was uh, I was I had it going on, but anyhow, it was amazing. I basically said, you know, what, there were so many things to talk about. What, it, what and I hadn't had the time to do our normal research and everything. And I wanted to use uh, the the Twitter group as a, um, as a as a as a research instrument, really, and and also to be responsive. And I thought it would be fun. And we had a great dialogue going for about thirty five forty minutes about the different things that there are to talk about. And some people got into the spirit of the uh, the sort. Of, I convened the meeting. Uh, so to speak, and and some people got into the spirit of that, and were really, you know, talking broadly about different 
issues we could discuss, and then other people would kind of pull on a specific thread, and they di- they drill into that a little bit. Um, At any point, did you uh, did it? Did it feel uh, difficult and or overwhelming to try to funnel down from perhaps twenty some odd thousand or t- a couple of thousand or a couple of hundred ideas, one that was uh, agreed upon by everyone? No, because <clears throat> basically it was one of those deals where he who shows up or he or she who shows up helps make the rules. Ooh, ooh, so, ooh, the, ooh, what? ooh. What? Who, he, he, who, say he, it again. He or she who. who he, or, he or she You're who. Doing, yeah. He or she who shows up. Yeah. Helps. Make, helps make the, the rules. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that that actually sort of prefigures the cover the the topic we're going to be going into. Oh, very good. Yeah. Did you but, do that on purpose? Well, it just happens to be universally applicable. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> that uh, carry on. If there are rules to be made, the people who show up usually get to make them. Um, carry on. Be, be that in voting or. But anyhow, so it really wasn't because because the um, people threw out a lot of ideas, and they and they were able to, and then there are uh, certain um, you get a little momentum on one topic and. And I'm trying to see here. Oh, see, it'll be too far back now. I should have been. It's hard to gather all this information, but there were a couple of people who were very. Uh, Lupe is always helpful, and I, in fact, have a message from Lupe to play. A message from Lupe. Yeah, she's one of our one of my loyals, and uh, she left a message. And I actually have a picture of her to throw up there, which is fantastic. I suppose it's the same picture we pulled from her thing, but uh, I'm looking for uh, ah, ah, Sunny Muffins eighty four. Is the Twitter handle of if her <clears throat> photo on her profile pic is to be believed a, a very uh, nice lady? Um, and, and what did Sunny Muffins have to? Uh... She she and Lupe both um, uh, answered the call and kept a list of the topics that were being suggested. How about that? Right. Amazing. And so at a certain point we were able to. And I want to pull it up here. I want to pull one of these up, but I don't know how far back it'll go. It kind of doesn't want to go back. Maybe it will. This is, I have to say, this has always been my favorite part of the show. Is, what, when I'm is, searching is, stuff? is listening to you use Vamp your computer. Searching. It's fantastic. You, it's, there's so much in here, uh, but I can't seem to find what it is. Anyhow, uh, there, was, there was great stuff like uh, the, the um, co- uh, Electoral College, for example. Yes, uh, yes. Was, it, was one that people really liked the idea of getting into. Um, uh, what was Battleground Just, states. Battleground states. Uh, swing states, you know, that kind of... Uh, why are they such? And, and places how? places where the number of electoral votes <clears throat> uh, will have a large impact on whom is elected president uh, come uh, November something. Yeah, it's it's a uh, unique system by which people's votes are gathered up and assigned to a more limited number of representatives. Yes, yes. Uh, so there was that citizens. Um, then what else was there? Uh, some people were interested in like how um, the presidency affects. You know the, the wider world. Um, well, if I can, uh, if I can go ahead and quote the judge in the film JFK, counselor, bottle the essence. <laughs> what are we getting to? What are we doing? That's awesome. Uh, well, we kind of we narrowed it down to basically after a series of votes, we decided on uh, uh, voter registration, voter registration issues, issues, things to do with um, these new voter laws. Uh, more restrictive laws that have been passed, and of which there are many, yes. many like four. Depending on some of the articles I've read, it's like fourteen. Others have said up to twenty-one. You know, lots of states have have had these laws put to them. And what's what's the idea behind the passage of these laws by those who are presenting them uh, for passing? 
Um, the basic thrust is they want to eliminate voter fraud. They want they want voter fraud to be eliminated. Yeah. How much voter fraud is there out there? Almost none. Well, let's <laughs> get rid of it. According to any number of resources let's that get I've rid been of it. Let's get rid of it right uh, now. We have uh, – currently my wife and I have almost no ants in our house, but uh, – Dadgummit, we're going to get rid of the rest. <laughs> the couple. Uh, Center for Justice at the New York University School of Law, the Brennan – sorry, the Brennan Center for Justice uh, put out this overview. And I thought I would actually uh, read from the overview a little bit because Ooh. it does kind of – it seems nonpartisan enough. Mostly the stuff that's on the internet that I found, it really – uh, does, is is not in favor of these voting rights things. That, For the most part, the stuff you found on the internet is not in favor. Why are you repeating everything I say? Like fill in time, bro. No, no, fill no. You don't feel the need to fill too much for Pete's sake. We can just sit here and listen you're, to crickets. You're saying the majority of the stuff you three, came across. 323 If you have an opinion about the voter uh, the, the voter registration laws that have been, acted, uh, been enacted or any other kind of voter suppression uh, issues, it would be great if you'd call in and help uh, Mac and I, uh, help us fill out our conversation. But let me just read a little bit to you from this Brennan um, business. And now uh, reading from <laughs> Brennan. Actually, what I really want to do, will you pull up uh, the 15th Amendment of the Constitution of the United States? It's a pretty, I think it's pretty short, but uh, it, it deals with voting rights. I think it'd be, be good to read a little bit of that too. And then I think we should look at uh, the 1965 uh, 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 voter, uh, the Voters' Rights Act that this Lyndon Johnson signed into effect that was after the result of Dr. King and the whole uh, civil rights movement. But anyhow, uh, overview of the voting changes, voting law changes in 2012. A shift that could change the electoral landscape is underway. And that's really important because in a lot of particularly the swing states, the margins of victory for either side are really narrow. So if you can affect the voter rolls by even a few thousand, you could make a big difference in the outcome either way. Well, that's that's what I'm here for, man. So the the big knock on it is that everyone uh, who's opposed to it just says that it's a way to suppress uh, the votes of uh, minorities, low income people, the elderly. The votes, the votes that would ostensibly count for the person against whom you're running, or against whom your party is running. Th that seems to be the idea, right? Like, let's say the Republicans don't want the Democrats to vote so much in the district because the Democrats would have more votes than the Republicans. Then the Republicans are going to do the best they can to keep the Democrats from getting as many votes. Well, certainly they wouldn't be able to. Um, in the reverse, they wouldn't be able true. to pass laws if they were as blatant as that. They have to find other ways. The idea is it's supposed to be free and fair. You're supposed to be able to have an election where everybody comes in, everybody votes for the person they like, and, and then you know somebody has more votes and then you have a winner. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, but if you start saying like, well, actually, you can't come in here uh, for any one of a number of reasons, um, uh, then uh, you've then you're you're you know, listen, you should be a citizen. Of the, you have to. You're required by the Constitution to be a citizen of the yeah, United States of America. Says it right here. Right. Uh, can you read it? Sure. <clears throat> the Fifteenth Amendment to the United States Constitution. Section 1. The right of citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of race, color, or previous condition of servitude. Section 2. And, yeah. The Congress shall have power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. That's uh, that's a big deal. That was a that was a reconstruction I was reading earlier. That was a reconstruction law. That was the first or second reconstruction law. So after 
the Emancipation Proclamation after the Civil War, one of the things they kind of wanted to codify was uh, that you couldn't stop people from voting based on their race. Seems pretty reasonable uh, to me. Isn't there something on there too that says – or the previous like – not ownership status but – but previous, it, it was it was it's in there to deal with sla- slavery that you know to sort of specifically say slaves are now free to vote, uh, former slaves are now free to vote. It's uh, you know just always trips me out the way human beings are treated. But anyhow, um, in an awful way. Um, okay, so let me read a little bit more. The tightening of restrictions on who can vote and how Americans can vote. This is Go, from the book of Brennan? This is from the book of Brennan, the third book of the epistle according to Brennan. Keep going. Uh, there will be millions of Americans who will find that since 2008, there are new barriers that could pre- prevent them from voting. And what's interesting is most of the time that we have these discussions is on the night of November 4th or no- November 7th. Like as you're, as you're looking at your news and the lines are around the corner and, you know, people are, this is an outrage and it was raining in this place. And, and then you have, you know, kind of harried reporters, you know, talking about things. And then, you know, in the case of 2000, you, you have, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks of legal battles where everyone becomes a, an expert all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Um, what this, it, what's interesting here is the idea that, you know, people aren't going to know, uh, necessarily what they're, what, you know, I'm not sure that the people who pass these laws go way out of their way to make sure that everybody knows what they are. So that, in effect, somebody would show up to vote and find that they are not allowed to, based that, on yeah. based on some new law. Yeah. Now there are a lot of places where you can uh, cast a provisional vote, a provisional ballot. A provisional ballot. Yeah. So you show up at your polling place and you say, you know, I mean, here I think in our th- we're I'm on the voter rolls here in California. I, I'm embarrassed. I shouldn't know ex- exactly how we do it, but. Um, it used to be something where you like present a like a like a phone bill or a gas bill or something like that, and and then uh, and then you're on there. But if for some reason you're not on the rolls, you say this is my precinct. I'm supposed to be on these rolls. You know, I moved and I I into this thing and I s- s- submitted my file and it just hasn't made it on there. They say okay, okay, well go ahead, cast your ballot, and we're gonna, it's going to be provisional, and then we're going to go and. After the fact, we'll count them and decide. You know, we'll, we'll do our investigation, and or you can bring the proof of whatever. Or we'll see if we made a mistake, and then and then we'll count that vote. You know, <laughs> and in the case of you know Dade County or whatever, I think that a lot of those provisional ballots all beca- all of a sudden became really really important. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, so anyhow, all right. Summary: In the first three quarters of two thousand, so 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 laws have been changed, a lot of them, and people may show up. Uh, you know, I guess this is a public service announcement. If you uh, are going to be voting, as you should be, in my opinion, or I hope you wouldn't, um, you know, check and make sure that the that there's no new requirements for what you need when you turn up to um, to Both. demonstrate. Yeah, to, yeah. to show what you vote. Well, pull up. Um, <clears throat> you know, Rachel Maddow, who I'm sure just infuriates everyone on the right, as you know, Shauna Hannity infuriates everyone on the left, um, th- uh, has done a ton of work in this voter reg uh, reporting. And what I love, you know, sometimes her conclusions I find uh, a bit shrill, but she does, she and her group, her, her team do meticulous research. So throughout this next uh, two hours as we're going through stuff, I'm going to, I'm going to be playing little clips from, from her. And I'm also going to uh, hopefully use some of her, the data that they've collected because, uh, and we can find it from other places, but, but um, for example, it looks like one, two, three, four, five, six states, at least six states, have changed the ID requirements. Um, Meaning to say that you, you have to have present some different form of identification than you have in the past in right, order to right. uh, have your vote. Yeah. Uh, Government-issued photo ID, so even some military IDs that don't have your address on them won't count. 
uh, Social Security doesn't have a picture, cards, they won't count. Uh -huh. And so what happens is a lot of those people, particularly older people or low-income people or people who are, don't have driver's licenses that live in remote areas, they would have to uh, you know, uh, find a way to acquire – You know, they'd have to get their, a birth certificate. If they don't have a birth certificate on hand, that can cost – I don't know what twenty five seventy five whatever bucks to have that processed and it takes time uh, and then they have to get it there or any of the other kinds of proof. So you know the laws that have been changed are laws that are you know, I mean they're brand new in concept um, than what has been practiced in this country in in the last you know certainly since nineteen sixty five but but even well before that. So uh, okay, you have a thought or you want to keep going? Uh, no, I'm just trying to um, you know was the system broken? Was it was it not working previously? Well, you know, this is the thing. If you listen to Fox News, and I have some Fox News clips. If I had them, I'd just throw them up right now. I mean, I do, but it's going to take me a second to find them. Yeah, go uh, and find them. I'll tell a story. Uh, but the point is that um, Megyn Kelly, for example, will say on Fox, uh, a lot of people are concerned now about this, that, or the other thing. And the way she says it, you're like, wow, are they concerned or are you trying to make people concerned? Because um, – you know, maybe people are. I don't know, but but it's a it's it's one of those tonal things that you hear. Uh, you know, and then uh, on the other side, you hear uh, the word is shrill is what I, what comes to my mind. But uh, kind of you know decrying it. I mean, there's there are any number of millions of illegal um, uh, aliens. You know, undocumented people in the United States of America, and uh, they don't have a constitutional right to vote. Are there a number of uh, undocumented uh, immigrants? That do vote? I have no idea. I mean, if I'm not papered, the last place I want to go is someplace official. You know what I mean? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. I, you know, people. The, nobody's arresting anybody at polling, at polling places unless somebody does something. I think what's the worst thing that they would do? They would just tell you to leave, right? They're not gonna. You're not gonna get arrested. They're not gonna like. I mean, maybe in Arizona, where that one governor likes to have everybody's papers checked, you know, uh, and they walk into the grocery store. But, but uh, the we love you, Jan. You're doing great, uh, Jan Brewer. That's your name. Yeah. Uh, that's clearly not what Jan Brewer wants to do. Um, close, but not exactly. Um, make immigration officials out of every uh, beat officer. You know, it's rough. But anyhow, so we can talk about that another time. But, well, maybe that is part of this. I think that it's fair for people to be concerned about whether or not um, illegal – you know, non-citizens are voting illegally in our elections. I think that is totally fair. Um, you know, I don't, I, don't know, I don't know how you – Mitigate what, it. Well, what it, what it always comes down to in these situations is balance. How do you balance the right – of, uh, you know, say you've got uh, there's 44 million as of I don't know 10 years ago when I was on the board of the National Center of Family Literacy, there was the number that we used was uh, 44 million uh, adult illiterate uh, individuals in this country. You know, can't read their name on a prescription bottle, can't read their kids' report card, signing a contract with an X. <laughs> well, that's not funny. I'm I mean, not kidding. I know. Well, the point is that uh, you know those people may find it hard to navigate some of these more uh, restrictive voting rules, registration rules. Um, and so, you know, that, that they, they have a right to vote. Of they're course, citizens. Yeah, sure. And maybe they'd have an instinct or their friend or somebody would tell them, you know, hey, you, you ought to vote for this person because they're going to help you get a better college education. You're going to help you get an education. They're going to help you learn how to read and write by giving you money to be able to go to school. And maybe that's true or maybe it isn't. But, but 
it's their right to cast their vote. Megan Kelly, you know what? I'm going to find find something to talk about for a second. Do you have, do you have another? Can you write, read something from the Voting Rights Act? Because I want to find this Megan Kelly piece. It's really from interesting. The Voting Rights Act. Where's the, oh the from the that's the Fifteenth Amendment. No, no, the Fifteenth Amendment was in like eighteen. 18- 70, 90, I don't have it in front of me, but, uh, but no, the Voting Rights Act is what, 1870, yeah, Yeah. the, 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 I just read it. Uh, no, the, the Voters' Right, Voting Rights Act was signed by Lyndon Johnson in 1960 or 65, 1965, I think. So, um, it's important, you know, for when people want to weigh in on these issues and they want to just sling around, you know, get, there's such hysteria involved with it and partisanship when there really doesn't need to be. Everybody, everybody, purportedly wants the same thing, or at least everybody is willing to be held accountable to the same thing, which is free and fair elections. So if you don't think there's something fair, express your view and, 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 and validate it. <clears throat> um, you know, it's also interesting, many of the courts, the state courts, and I just didn't have time to like pour through and get all this stuff, but um, many of the state courts have upheld these stricter rules. So, you know, they made so good Legal arguments were made, or you know, le- effective legal arguments were made, and uh, and decisions were upheld f- with regard to these laws. Now, you know, a lot of people really don't like it. Um, let me show this. I got. Um, I think that makes that makes some some sense that a lot of people don't like it. We're we're living in a, in a day and age when when convenience is paramount. When when people don't want to wait in line for stuff, so. You know, when <clears throat> people don't want to wait for stuff, they, it's the you know we're a culture of instant gratification right now. So the idea that there are laws being established that make it uh, more difficult uh, to go do something that is ostensibly uh, pretty simple. I think you know, pressing a button or pulling a lever or uh, marking a box. It's uh, I can see how people would be frustrated by it. Uh, you know, I, I guess it comes down to the fact that it is still our civic duty to do whatever it takes to have uh, to have a, a vote to get the vote done uh, but I can certainly see how the opponents of the new laws would be a little bit miffed that it's making it tougher for people to do something that should be relatively simple well there's there's historical context I mean the fir- I think it was one of the first two links that you sent me do you have the links you sent me I have the first let me play you. let me play uh, uh, Megan Kelly on Fox. Uh, really smart uh, reporter. I disagree with her an awful lot, but um, here she is, just kind of making an off-the-cuff, off-the-cuff quip. But it's you know it's interesting. Well, Listen say to that this five one. times fast. To address poverty, we are seeing poverty the likes of which we have not seen That's since not prior to the war on poverty. Look, and hunger hurts. This is what we're seeing all across America. The housing foreclosure crisis, it's still with us. Health care is still an issue for people. So what are we going to do about it? I think that as we go into the debates next week, let's ask Governor Romney and President Obama, what is the plan? I'm really not... I'm kind of party agnostic now, mm-hmm. really. I want I think to. A lot know, of Americans feel that way, right? Yeah, now. I, mean, they, I mean, we're growing, and 90 million Americans said that they will not vote. That's up from 80 million four years ago. That's not good. That's not good. But unless, you know, we unless, can make you, a unless you refuse to educate yourself in the parties and yeah, what's at stake, right. in which case, stay at home and eat some popcorn. Did you get that? Popcorn, I love it. <laughs> uh, it's actually pretty good uh, food. There's uh, fair bit nutrients in there. So, what, I mean, she's saying that if you, you know, if you don't educate yourself, stay home. Yeah, we'd like to think that we have an educated you know, populace. It's, it's but. easy. It's easy for someone like that to say something like that, though, because they make you know hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of dollars a year. To I wouldn't think she's making millions of dollars to sit around and tell other people you know what to do or what they should be doing. You know, <clears throat> while the majority of the people to whom she's talking and about whom she's talking have to get up and go to work and don't have time 
to she do works all to work. The, to do Megan all Kelly stuff. goes to work. She works hard. I'm, she, I'm, I'm, and I'm happy for her. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of her. She's doing a terrific job for. You for, just feel that it's insulting to her for her to say that, dude. There's, you know, that's that's not you. work. This isn't what you and I are doing right now. This isn't work. No, we're not getting paid. That's a big. <laughs> this is a hobby. You know, but I'm <laughs> still this. This isn't this isn't work. You know, work is is, is something you know that, that 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 breaks a sweat. Work is something that you know you stay up late late at night wondering about. This is you know that's that's not that's not work. So it's my Mighty presumptuous. I, I disagree. Think, her, well, go ahead. Fin finish well, I think it's mighty presumptuous of her, you know, to to be admonishing other people to to you know take the steps necessary when when the fact is they've got you know they, the majority of people in this country have to go out and and work and make some money so they can feed their family. They don't have time to step through all the hoops that are, she's are now saying, being. Presented. She's saying it's advanced citizenship that if you if you want to if you know in order for us to feel good about you part you have a right to participate. But she's saying if you want if we want you to feel good about your participation, we'd like for you to understand a little bit about what you're voting about. You're not just voting in the dark. Oh, great. Well, if she's got a few minutes to spare that she can loan, she can tweet to some people that, that need a few more minutes because they're too busy, you know, getting in the cab to drive it or, you know, unloading. I think you just don't like her cocky tone of voice. That's what I think. Uh, let me let me play. Um, do you have that uh, civil rights, the thing on the floor where the it's from uh, Georgia? John Lewis. Yeah, John Lewis. And, but he's the second guy to talk here. Put. Here, put that in there. Oh, wow. Can you do this that? high-tech stuff I know. we're doing here, folks. All right. While you're doing that, I'm going to go back Damn. and read. Uh, there's, I have more, by the way, of the Fox stuff, which, uh, which I want to play. Um, yeah. Sorry. Okay. The, more Fox stuff. Um, risk of dis disenfranchising the voter. There's so much out there. Did you know that Jerry Brown signed uh, a voting law into uh, place for here in California in the last uh, very short period of time, a few days, I think? Jerry Brown is the Dodgers' new shortstop. Jerry Brown is the as well, I don't know is he? No, the, do they have a new shortstop? I'm kidding. Man. Uh, Governor Jerry Brown signs Election Day voter registration bill into law, so you can actually register on the same day you vote. That's, that's a terrific idea. You like it? That's oh, fantastic. You know what that is? Convenient. That's like you know Seven Eleven, Quickie Mart. That's terrific. Convenient. <laughs> Because I gotta, I gotta go pick up my kids. I gotta drive my... through democracy. Boom, baby! I'll have a. Uh, I mean, you gotta. I'll have a Big Mac and a president, look at, please. Look at how much technological advance that we have. Look well, at how all the stuff that we, we can do. You know, there's, in. there's more, there's more. This, this is, this is. There's more technology in this phone than there was that put us on the moon. And <laughs> That's I'm saying, not true. Yeah, totally true. can't fit as much fuel in that. Hello, it's Sean and Mac here. Are uh, welcome. Hi, it's Brett from Jacksonville. Brett. Shed some light is on this. Cecil B. Yeah. Cecil B. Hello, Brad. How are you, my friend? Pretty good, sir. I work for a living. Fifty to sixty hours a week. I educate myself before I vote. Mac likes you. Well, I, you know, I, I think what he was getting at. <laughs> I is agree that... with. I agree with her. If you're going to vote, educate yourself before you screw up your vote. Uh, I think an informed voter is a good vote. If you don't. And uh, the, uh, the the problem is that sometimes it's code. It's it's code for uh, you know somebody may not have the same uh, understanding that another person has someone with less uh, uh, mm -hmm. formal education somebody with a with a different background somebody with different religious beliefs somebody with different economic background something like that they they may come at uh, an issue uh, you know from a from what may seem to some a you know just an, an, an ignorant point of view but but maybe but is it right to hold their point of view and maybe. You know, if en masse their point of view was enacted, you'd, you'd change your thoughts. So I, I don't know. I mean, educate yourself. 
inform yourself. We, we just and have to make sure that we, we inform before you vote. I mean, I challenge you next uh, election, stand outside the polls and ask the first 25 people out the door if they know any of the local people they just voted for. Yeah, I'm guilty of voting the party. Lo- I'm I'm guilty of voting the party a lot in my life. I mean, I, I say guilty, but I mean, it. it uh, we, my wife and I, usually sit down the day of the election, and we pull out all that crud that they send in the mail, the ads, the the stuff that the state puts out, where it's all written in triple speak, and we look at the amendment, and we look at the the yeah, propositions, ballot amendments, yeah, especially in in the state like yours and mine, which both have far too easy a way of changing the state constitution so we end up uh we we end up looking at the people who we trust their endorsements and, and that seems to be problematic to me because i don't think there's a lot of people that are very trustworthy they're, out, they're screaming about it <laughs> ding, 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 ding. did you see that uh, i was just talking about the the same day uh, voter reg thing in california that governor brown signed into law what do you think of that uh, you know, about 50-50. 50% of me agrees with Mac. It's easy. Why is, why is this a problem? You should, if you've got the right ID, you should be able to register, you know, the same day you vote. And, and I guess I kind of lean that way more. But, uh, you know, then again, I, I think you need to have ID to vote. Um, I, I don't buy that this is a terrific hardship for people, even those of limited means. Um, you know, how, do you think it, you, you can't get a bank you can't get a bank account with a picture ID in this country? You can't catch cash a check, including a welfare check or a social security check. You can't take advantage of uh, Medicaid or Medicare benefits without photo ID. I, I've done both in my life, and I've I've been on uh, on welfare in my life. You require a photo ID for those, and uh, you know I, I just don't. But buy voting is a more market. basic function, isn't it? Voting, voting is a more basic function in, the, in, the, in, our, in, our, in our democracy. Isn't it? Isn't eating it, is? Than, than housing is? Well, that's go- government subsidized. Than med- medical coverage is, according to the bill we just passed this last year? Well, I mean, you know, it's a good point. That's, that's, the, that's, the, you know, that's, where, it all, that's where it all starts. That's where, <clears throat> that's where you know, all the ideas... Brad, what do you? What about social, the fact, Brad, it's a that social contract, right? I mean, we've we've decided that we're going to do these things collectively. Well, that's af- that's worse. after that's after you voted. Everything you just well, said there, all that stuff happens after the voting is just like a is a you know. I don't recall a voting on the medical bill. Say again. I don't recall voting on the medical bill. I didn't vote for the guy that proposed it. I didn't vote for anybody that voted for it. D- did your fellow citizens outvote you on that one? Uh, absolutely. So I don't think they voted for it either. I think there's a lot of things in it that uh, nobody voted for, but somebody thinks they're pretty important. Uh, what? How about the idea that? Um, God, I really want to play this Sarah Silverman clip. We're not right? a direct democracy, right? Uh, well, you mean you want to talk about the elect- the, the electoral college or senators? We, or? we can we can dance around any subject you want. Start your show. Well, that's the thing. I mean, there are, there are so many. Uh, I, I sort of want to at, at least kind of agree to disagree or, or just put a button on this fact. I mean, there's so many other. I have, uh, you know, two dozen articles and a, and a half a dozen sound clips to play here. And I kind of know which one to go to first. But um, I'm, I'm drastically tired of the voting thing. So you can feel free to switch to anything else. Well, all right. So let me. Um, why don't you, and Mac, talk about the Dodgers, and I'll, I'll pull up one of these clips here. I tell you, when I was a smaller child, uh, and the, the All Star ballots came out, I would go down the line and push Dodger, 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 Dodger. 
And it wasn't until I um, sort of got over my home team uh, loyalty or, you know, uh, dedication uh, that I recognized that it's important to, uh, you know, check the box next to the guy who is most deserving. And fortunately, in baseball, that's pretty easy to figure out because of um, the, you know, statistics. Or, you know, some guys just look good. Uh, but it, it seems like it's it's tougher to do that in uh, in politics. You know, you, you can't – you don't really know what you're getting a lot of the times. Well, I would agree. Uh, that's, the, that's the big trick to the game, especially – in the last decade or so, it's becoming more and more difficult to really have uh, much of an idea of who it is you're voting for. Yeah, yeah, and and whether or not they're going to stick to the guns uh, they they promised to carry. I, the media has become paid shills for both parties, without opinion. a doubt. Without a doubt, and, and I, don't, I don't think really anybody's asking any hard questions of either party. I mean, I'd, I'd love to get on the media for just softballing the president, but, you know, having watched the debates for the primaries, those were pretty weak, too. So, Hassel, you know, Elizabeth like Hasselbeck Elizabeth Hasselbeck didn't give him a softball, though. She she uh, she came at him. Did you see that on The View the other day? Uh, I try real hard not to watch The View. <laughs> um, uh, mostly because I'm working for a living, but also because... I really want to smack Joy Behar just about every time her mouth. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. I'm sure that there are at least uh, you know 46 percent of Americans that might agree with you. Well, were you are you talking about so Mac? Were you talking about softball on on? I see gay marriage here. Were you talking about that or were you? No, Hasselbeck just just you know uh, she had a chance to. The president and the first lady were on the View, and Elizabeth Hasselbeck. It is no secret, uh, uh, you know, is is a comes from a, a conservative place. And so, you know, Joy was asking about uh, what colors they're going to, you know, uh, you know, everybody else was asking you know, relatively easy questions. And then Hasselback, <clears throat> uh, you know, came in with a, with a big one. You know, I mean, the way she phrased it was perhaps um, belying uh, stuff that she used to say about the questions that went George Bush's way. Which is really what this all comes down to is part. What, what did she? What did she? What was she exacting about? Did she go What's, after uh, one? She said. She said that uh, unemployment is higher than uh, than it's uh, ever ever been, or close to it. It's you know the longest stretch where it's been this bad in a long time, and <laughs> that the the debt has grown a great deal, and the number of people that are on welfare has grown a great deal, and all of this has happened, and the 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 gap between uh, wealth and poverty is as great as it's ever been, and all of this has happened. Uh, in the last four and years. And how did he do? What do you have to say In to response? That? He was very presidential. Uh, you know, I think he wished Barbara Walters a happy birthday. Uh, okay, I can't find it on YouTube right <laughs> now. But, um, <sighs> Brett, here's the thing. It's tiresome because I think we end up tripling back and doubling back and circling around to the same, the same kind of, you know, uh, uh, unresolved issue, which is, you know, a binary thing. Should you have to have an ID or should you not? And there's there are so many um, other little nuances. I, I just want to play something that's totally inflammatory. Um, the uh, th it's um, Sarah Silverman. Have you heard the Sarah Silverman thing? Is this coming out of your box yeah, or your box? I have. Box, huh? I have. Uh, what did you What do you think of it? Am I? Just, I'll try and like you know cough over the couple of. She used a couple of really profane words, but uh, is the FCC well, that's just it. I mean, she's oh, she's. Yeah. She's a shock comedian. I mean, that's her, her whole career is kind of based on that, and uh, very uh, opinionated and, and uh, not shy about what she has to say. Yeah, but uh, so easy I, on the eyes. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, yeah, here. So. Here's the uh, wait. Almost there. See, you know, it's funny, Brett, because I think that I think the exchange that we just had sort of is that mine. Sorry, sort of speaks to, you know, what <clears throat> what the the fundamental thing that's beautiful about this country is is that uh, you and I can agree, you and I can disagree about uh, about a number of things, but we still have the opportunity to to coexist. Here it is. The uh, the on the. When you try and get this show as an iTunes podcast, it has explicit uh, stamped next to it, uh, which means that the people on this network can curse up a storm. Um, is that true? Yep. Seriously? Yeah, I don't like it because this show is a clean show. Oh, come on. But man. I'm about to play something because she just puts a really fine uh, note on it. She, she, her, her humor is, uh, you know, fair warning to anybody listening right now. There is a couple of really vulgar and obscene things that she says. One of the seven? She says one of the seven? Uh, she just says the <laughs> F word a couple times. And, but she's trying to make it important. You know, there, there are some slick liberal ads coming out. Samuel L. Jackson has one uh, that's written like a bedtime story, and it's wake the F up is what he's saying to – all the people who were, you know, really animated and voted in the 2008 election, who are now not going to show up, and so it's a it's a clever, funny ad, and and uh, but it uses you know vulgar you know, uses cursing to to make its point. I just think that Sarah Silverman, um, you know, I'm I'm looking for for callers to. Um, to correct her record because what she says in here, aside from the, the curse words and whatever and the bad sex jokes that she makes. It's one of the seven, um, isn't it? Well, you'll hear it in a second. But aside from, from those, which I really want to disregard, and I'll try and like – when they come up, I'll try and cough over them or something. But, uh, but the, just because I haven't had time to, to you know. Sean, that is absolutely adorable. You're being adorable. No, 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 no. Right it's, I have a lot of people listening to the show now. Everywhere I went, particularly in the South, people were really, really co uh, uh, complimentary about what I'm trying to do with the show. So in this is a provocative thing that I don't, I don't want to be provocative for the reason that it's provocative, but I'm, I'm willing to take the chance because I, am, I, I think it's she, she, whoever wrote it for her, whoever is behind her on, uh, you know, and however she's come to this anti, you know, voter registration restrictions platform, she's done it in a very uh, clean way. So I want to play 323-622-8623. Please be warned, there are some bad words in this. Um, Voice your finger above the unfollow button. Oh, brother. Here we go. Oh, is it going to do an advertisement? Gosh, it's so annoying. YouTube has oh. really gotten into a thing with yeah, their... Remember uh, when the, the internet didn't have commercials? Pull, pull it up, Johnny Ice. Pull up... Uh, it's Sarah Silverman. Firefox and Adblocks, sir. Uh, uh, Copy that? Firefox and Adblocks. I like it. Uh, Sarah Silverman... Uh, what do they call it? Here we go. It's... it's righty. Why, oh, why, oh, why? Dun, 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 dun. Video Smackdown. Is that it right there? Okay. P pull it up. It's a. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, Vox Populi. Political video. This time taking on voter fraud. No. Nope. As... Nope. Gosh, it's so annoying. Uh, pull it up there because the images. She has several images that you can scroll through. Sarah Silverman, voter ID, um, and throw up some of the pictures. Uh, here we go. You guys need to hire a multimedia. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> here we go. Try and chase it with the pictures. Old people, poor All right, here we go. Here it is. Here it is. Okay, hold on. Here we go. Play. Come on. Open the pod bay door. Huh? It's playing. Open the pod bay door. Here it is. Play, play, play. Here you go. Hey, black people, old people, poor people, and students. Guess what you all have in common? 
lawmakers are trying to fuck you in your asshole. Oh, okay. Hey, y'all, it's me, your Jewish friend, Sarah. I mean, though I can... I can play Italian or uh, like a black Irish. Can you believe it's election time again? Time to go to the local polling place, cross your name off the list, and vote. But this year, it's not going to be that easy because there are these brand new, super fucked up no, laws hey, which are presented as a way to prevent voter fraud but are in fact designed to make it hard for specific people to vote. Black people, elderly people, poor people, and students. Hmm, I wonder what those demographics have in common. Oh yeah, they're probably gonna vote for this guy. Picture hey, the it's for our own protection, to prevent voter fraud. Oh yeah, all that crazy voter fraud going around. There's so much fraud around <clears throat> that free and anonymous civil right. You know, a lot of these laws require you to have a state-issued picture ID, like a driver's license. But more than 21 million Americans don't have driver's licenses. What about my social security card? I've been using it for 70 years. No photo, no voto. I'm on to your shenanigans, Murray Gershans, if that is your real name. Next. My veteran photo ID card? Is your address on it? No. Oh, then no. I lost my legs for this country. Look, if you want fair, move to Canada, hippie. I have a purple heart! Big deal, oh, I have la, a la, 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 Okay, sorry. What? I mean, that didn't I mean, I, it bad. It's, I have a cream for it. This <laughs> attempt to prevent voter fraud is itself the only voter fraud taking place. If you think I'm being paranoid, look at this. Voter ID, which is going to allow Governor Romney to win the state of Pennsylvania. Done. Uh, that's State Representative Mike Terzai, uh, who's the uh, sort of whipping guy for the anti-voter reg thing. He's a Republican from Pennsylvania, and he, that was him at a... Uh, was that the convention? I don't know where it was. But anyhow, uh, back to the commercial. He, he basically said the voter reg law is going to allow – he just said uh, Romney to win the election. So no, He said what he said? He said what he said. <laughs> I, but I can't I, – do I don't have the context, so I don't know. But anyhow, here you go. Rest of the commercial. And how about this bullshit? Some students, like in Tennessee, because of the new voter identification laws, will not be able to use their student IDs to vote. But, and this is amazing, gun owners can use their firearm permits as ID to vote. It makes perfect sense. Get these kids gun permits. Ugh, I feel safer from voter fraud already. What a great time to be encouraging our young people to go out and get a firearm license, don't you think? It's just like so American. So let's do it. If you live in one of these voter suppression states, make sure that everyone you know gets the ID necessary to vote, even if that means taking Nana to get a license to kill. And it just makes sense, you know, when you think about it. I mean, cars cost tens of thousands of dollars, but if you can get a gun, you can get a ride virtually anywhere. By taking that step to make sure you have the proper ID to vote, you'll be making your voice heard. And more importantly, you'll be telling those motherfuckers they can fucking fuck Whoa. themselves. Yeah, Nana, it's true. Go to this website. Click on it. I'm hoping I'm pointing to some sort of Chiron and not. No, just so it's a let my uh, let, let my people vote 2012 vote. is her thing. Yeah, that's gangster style. Go Showing to this Grandma website. Okay, all right. Well, Mac, Sean. Seems uh, pretty passionate there. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, are, are some of those things true? If you're, a, I mean, I remember when I was uh, in 2008 during the primary, I was running around on behalf of Hillary Clinton, and we were doing uh, voter reg, and we had we had rules we had to follow. It had, you couldn't have uh, your candidates, uh, you know, you couldn't have a, a name or the buttons or the shirt or whatever on you while you were asking. You know, because it's a nonpartisan, um, you know, activity. Supposedly, I think legally it's a nonpartisan activity asking people to register to vote. So, you know, we would register them to vote, and then we'd kind of say, like, "Oh, by the way, you know, we happen to be for Hillary Clinton." Um, hey, Brett, it, it was, it was, it was just a very. There, there are all these rules, you know, like the non, uh, like the. Um, Non-coordination thing between the PACs and the and the you know you're not allowed to coordinate uh, between your campaign and a political action committee who's supporting you. Right. It's just such. It's just. It's just practically. There's a lot of nudge, nudge, wink, wink rules. Yeah, it just don't make any any sort of wonder. Well, they uh, make plenty of sense, dude. I mean, they actually <laughs> well, make plenty of it's sense. Like bringing the bus down to the homeless shelter and saying, "Well, you know, we'll give you a meal if you come down and vote." Which well, that's that's GOT. That was another one of our topics. Get out the vote. <laughs> we didn't go there. Isn't but. that how that's uh, there's that scene in in Charlie Wilson's War that uh, uh, Charlie Wilson apparently you know the first uh, political action he took was to to drive a bunch of people to the polls uh, to to unelect or to to defeat a, a sheriff who had done something untoward to one of his dogs. <clears throat> I mean, it was you know right. it was a, a, a free act. Um, what do you think of that uh, that that uh, gun license law there, Brett? The uh, that you yeah, can that, use that, that you okay that a, a picture ID, a gun license with a picture ID is a valid ID, but your social security card without a photo is not. For um, it, it's it's legal here in Florida. Hey, you know, it's, it, it, in would you some, change my the, license has my picture and my address on it? Right, and and, and in order to get a, a gun permit, you know, it's a pretty rigorous process. So, uh, Mac, do you have yeah, the? You have, you have that photo ID. Right. <laughs> do you have the uh, stuff with the representative from Georgia? Yeah, I believe I do. Uh, it's actually a really interesting thing. His, uh, you, you, do you need time to play it? Uh, the one, the one where he's speaking on the floor. Or yeah, the he, first guy, the the other rep. You want to hear them both? Yeah, both. He, the, the other rep talks, then he talks, then the other guy talks after that. All right, let's cross our fingers that this works. Actually, there's four states where you don't need any kind of ID. I know. Have a con- Crazy. Well, you know, which is more dangerous, voting or guns? I think we've killed more people uh, in wars since we voted for, right? Um, I don't know. Are you going to get into the uh, certain wars aren't declared? <laughs> I, well, I don't know. That just <laughs> All right, Matt, go ahead and play it out there. I'm having a little bit of trouble with the internet. Arguments that you could make. I think it might just be my computer. <sighs> oh, here we go. Here we go. All right, let's hear it. Well, I mean, I hope we go. Say who it is. What does it mean when there's a spinny wheel? <laughs> the spinning wheel of death. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right, so on May 9th, Republican Paul Brown of Georgia offered an amendment to prohibit funding to enforce Section 5 of the Voting Rights Act. It was the latest in a series of efforts aimed at voter suppression. And the provision of vocation is simply to ensure integrity at the polls. To ensure integrity of the polls, the graphic reads, Democrat John Lewis has heard that before. It is this is hard what and difficult and almost unbelievable it's John Lewis. that any member, but especially a member from the state of Georgia, will come and offer such amendment. Just think 
before the Voting Rights Act of 1965, it was almost impossible for many people in the state of Georgia, in Alabama, in Virginia, in Texas, to register to vote, to participate in the democratic process. It's shameful that you would come here tonight and said to the Department of Justice that you would, must not use one penny, one cent, one dime, one dollar to carry out the mandate of Section 5 of the Voting Rights Act. We should be opening up the political process and letting all of our citizens come in and participate. People dying for the right to vote, friends of mine, colleagues of mine, speak out against this amendment. That's a valid point. Well, listen. I apologize to my dear friend from Georgia if he's gotten angry with this amendment, and it's never my intent to do so, and I'm going to ask unanimous consent to withdraw the amendment. Can you imagine that? Talk I mean, him that, down, huh? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he'd probably reintroduce it in a different way or something like that, but, but just to uh, – you never see that on the floor. One guy offers something, another guy fights it, and the other guy backs right down. That's just, like, shocking. Um, <sighs> I don't know. Johnny, go to commercial. I try and find out this uh, – find this little thing that I'm looking for. <laughs> I mean, you're listening. Get on to the next guy. Hey, yeah, what do we do with Brett, Sean? Uh, he can hang in there if he wants. You're welcome to stick around, Brett. Right here on right. Vox Populi. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. The Soda Stream Soda Maker is fun as hell. The kids are going to love it. There's 50 different flavors, and it's healthy. There's no fructose, corn syrup, or aspartame. So pick one up at Bed Bath & Beyond, Target, Macy's, Kohl's, and Walmart. Or just go to SodaStream.com. This is your old BBX phone system. I won't be in today. I'm feeling kind of pricey. My hardware is acting up, and I got this big hole where my features should be, and I'm tired. I think I just need to lay here today, okay? Bye. Switch to Ring Central for a cloud-based phone system. There's no hardware to set up. It's loaded with features like smartphone and tablet management, and it's priced from $19.99 a month per user with unlimited calling. Ring Central. Phone systems reimagined. Sign up for a free trial at ringcentral.com. Whether it's a serious fall, fire danger, or other type of home emergency, Life Alert is there for you. The company with its slogan, Help, I've Fallen and I Can't Get Up, protects its members. Here are some of them. When you have a heart attack like I did, and there's no one there, Life Alert was there for me. Having a secure feeling through Life Alert is ideal. My independence is possible because of it. Now, Life Alert can also protect you in a fire emergency with a system that automatically notifies our monitoring center. Thanks to Life Alert, you can live alone without ever being alone. With Life Alert protection, elderly people can avoid or delay going into a nursing facility. For a free brochure about Life Alert service, call now 1-888-443-5588. That's 1-888-443-5588. Call Life Alert now for your free brochure at 1-888-443-5588.
Every three minutes, another person falls further into credit card debt. Many credit card companies have nearly doubled their minimum monthly payment. People can barely afford to keep up. Here's the great news. With our powerful program, anyone with $2,000 or more in credit card debt can cut their credit card payments up to half and reduce or eliminate interest charges altogether. We are a nationwide nonprofit and have helped over 600,000 people with their credit cards. Get free of credit card debt today. Call 800-495-1307. That's 800-495-1307. Are you an inventor? Or do you know an inventor who would like to attempt to have an idea or invention patented and submitted to industry? For free information on how to get started, call InventHelp toll-free at 1-800-762-7000. InventHelp is America's largest invention company. Their referrals have helped inventors secure more than 7,000 patents, and they can provide free inventors information for you. Find out how to record your invention's date of origination and get an informative brochure and other material of interest to new inventors. Get started by calling 1-800-762-7000. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product, you'll want to get this free inventor's information from InventHelp. Find out how to try to patent your invention and submit it to industry. Call now to get your free inventor's information. Call 1-800-762-7000. That's 1-800-762-7000. My mum always says hard work never hurt anybody. Good advice as usual. So we worked very hard to make Geico.com very easy. Say you want to report a claim and follow its progress. You can do it all online at geico.com. Not to mention perhaps saving a tidy sum of money on your car insurance. All it takes is a few clicks. So visit geico.com today. Oh, and mum, if you're listening, yes, I did wash beyond my ears this morning. Gift giving can be stressful. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, and the list goes on. Don't let your next special date sneak up and catch you unprepared. You're just a click away from the perfect gift at redenvelope.com. Redenvelope.com has always been the place online to find extraordinary one-of-a-kind gifts, but now it's even better with hundreds of amazing gifts. Whether it's cool gadgets or awesome sports stuff for him or a customized piece of jewelry for her, you'll find it all at redenvelope.com. Fast, easy, and perfect. What more could you ask for? How about 20% off? everything plus our signature red gift box free okay done just go to redenvelope.com and enter promotion code hurry at checkout no one needs to know how easy it was for you to find such a great gift that's our little secret you can even schedule that special gift delivery weeks in advance but hurry this deal won't last forever so go to redenvelope.com right now and enter promotion code hurry at checkout to get 20 percent off everything plus our signature red gift box free go to redenvelope.com code hurry that's redenvelope.com promo code hurry The food in your grocery store comes with an expiration date, but the hard drive in your computer doesn't. Without warning, your computer could crash and you could lose your files forever. Are your files backed up right now and ready to survive a crash? They will be if you have automatic online backup from Carbonite. Plans for home and small business start at just $59 a year. Start your free trial at Carbonite.com with offer code PROTECT and get two bonus months with purchase. Carbonite.com. Offer code PROTECT. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. Welcome back to Vox Populi, the voice of the occasionally interested people. Welcome to hour number two of Vox Populi, a political talk show for people who spend more time managing their lives than their point of view. Here's your host, Sean Astin. Hey, everybody. Uh, we're back. 
I'm not that much closer to finding what I wanted to find. Uh, uh, Mackenzie Aston is here. Mac. Hola. And we got Brett down in Florida. Say hi, Brett. Hello. So, um, Mac is going to search around for some of this cool sound that we have. I have a whole bunch of clips here, but why don't you see what you can find? Um, see if you can find pro, um, pro register. You know, see if you can you can help Brett support his case with some good, uh, you know, voter. I mean, there's been so many lost paths. Clearly, there's people on on uh, YouTube talking about why it's a good thing. Uh, I want to read a little bit more of the summary from the um, from the uh, Brennan Center. Um, yeah, it's good. All right, so so let me just I'll just read a little bit. Uh, you can call in, by the way, if you have a thought. Three two three six two two eight six two three. Here in Hollywood, California, on Hollywood Boulevard at La Brea. Uh, all right, the summary: In the first three quarters of 2011, state governments across the country have suddenly, suddenly, there's an interesting word, enacted an array of new laws and policies, making it harder to vote. So that feels political, but uh, some states. Require voters to show government-issued photo identification, often of a type that as uh, many as one in ten voters do not currently have. Uh, other states have cut back early voting. We haven't talked about that, Brett. What do you think about early voting? Um, you know, I'm kind of against early voting, but for an odd reason. Um, somebody mentioned once a long time ago when I was taking a government class about how uh, a particular election is supposed to be a snapshot of that day. And the, the thoughts and the ideas of the electorate on that particular date and time. And, uh, I, I kind of actually feel that it should be all that day. And, and I understand the, the convenience thing. Um, and, and it's a great argument for doing it. I, I don't really have any. What about like the military other... and stuff? Absentee and all that business? <laughs> That's a little bit different. I mean, they're serving the country and they really don't have any choice to come in to a, a ballot box. But for the general populace, I'm kind of against early voting, but not against it enough, really, to say do anything more than say I'm against it. Mac, I mean, what do you, what do you think? About, because a lot of the a lot of the states are are uh, truncating the amount of time. Like they used to have three weeks, and now they've got a lot less time. And and p people are saying that that's a way to suppress the uh, you know poor, I, you know people work and they can't, don't have that can't get that day off or. If, you know, if if one of the the foundations of this country is that that we are all in this together and that all of our votes should count, then I think that it's curious that <clears throat> anything would be done to prevent people from you know why why did do, why doesn't voting last three days? Why can't why can't you know why can't we take as much time as possible to ensure that everybody gets a chance to vote? You know what I mean? It, it seems to me the reasons are evident. The reasons are obvious. You know, there are people who are haves who would like to maintain the status of being haves. The people who are have-nots would also like to be haves. Two people want the same thing there. The people in power are going to do the best they can to continue to be haves. You know, and, and I think you get it. Uh, that's, at a, that's, the dirty little secret that cynicism has taken you know deep root in this country, and and there's a great number of people who are fully fully aware that the system is broken and it doesn't work. And so, what are they going to do at that point? They're going to try to be some of the haves. They're going to try to get what they want, because because. All right, let me go. Let me keep going. Uh, I think we have two different sides pointed that there. Um, some it, it's a good point, though, Mac. I don't I don't disagree with that. I I just. There was that thought that the election is supposed to be this one snapshot in time, and that's the way it's designed, and that's supposed to be one of the reasons why they couldn't do a revote, for instance, during during uh, the Bush Gore thing. Right. Uh, in, instead of letting everybody vote again, since you know we were worried about hanging chads and whatnot, you couldn't do it because the election was supposed to be that snapshot in time. 
and and I, I always find my I always find myself um, sort of thinking, well, you know that. Uh, you know, theoretically makes sense with whatever point we're talking about with this voter reg stuff. Um, but practically, if poor people or old people or whatever, people who aren't kind of closer to the uh, the center of the system, uh, you know, are like I, I was I'm always rooting for them. So I look I look for uh, I always look for the argument that supports how to help those people. And, and uh, yeah, 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 I, I, I see that. I mean, it's I, I, like I said, I, I don't really have any other valid argument other than that one. Well, fair enough. All right. So let me well, I think there's probably precedent that, in the law. The great arguments. There's probably precedent in the law for what you're saying. Can I, mean, can I ask you a, a relatively rela- a related question there, Brett? Uh oh. Sure. Do you think uh, Green Bay should have won that game? Um. No. You know what? To be honest, I, I think that bad calls are part of the game. Yeah, all the way through. They were I didn't even through. think it was that bad. It was a bad no call on the pass interference, but it was. But it was, honest, I didn't see it, so I I, I can't really. You had to watch it thirty times. It. I don't personally think that the refs coming back is really going to change it all that much. All right, all right, all right, all right. That's the interesting thing to me is is you know timing wise, it seems as though um, the, the situation that developed uh, in I believe it, I think they were in Seattle that developed uh, at the end of that game that was so that where it was clear that something was definitely wrong has fostered change. Has fostered mm-hmm. change. Uh, mm-hmm. You know the refs are coming back and things are going to be on you know as 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 square as they as they can be. But what's nice about that is that it had to, it got very very bad and then a change took place. And I think that's where we are headed as a country. I think we are getting so. to the point where there's enough people out there that are that are realizing that no matter no matter how loud they cry, unless they've got some serious money behind them, their voice is not actually going to get heard. And what's fortunate about <clears throat> the day and age that we live in now is we. We are connected, you know. We are we, uh, somebody's word, uh, thanks to the, the World Wide Web, can get out there. Now, um, for better or worse, for better or worse. But I think we're getting to the point where it's going to be clear that you, you have you. If if the country is founded on the idea that we are all equal, then people are going to have to be treated equally. Well, the country is founded there was slavery, but anyhow, <laughs> so it's a work in progress. Yeah. Some and, people were more equal than others. Uh, all right, let me keep reading here because I want I want to get the, the the people the Twitter followers really wanted this subject as as uh, you know over it as you are Brett and people this is what people want to talk about because they still feel like it's not it's not it's not fair it's not working right um, two states reversed earlier reforms and once again disenfranchised millions who have pa- who have past criminal convictions but who are now tax paying mer- okay let me slow this down. So I'm in the middle of this summary from the uh, 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 what do you call it from the the Brennan Center for Justice, which is sounding more and more like a like a very partisan thing. But um, maybe they're just being straightforward. It's New York University School of Law. I mean, not exactly. Well, <laughs> it's not going to be a conservative think tank. <laughs> I don't know. They honor Giuliani, didn't they? Um, okay. Some states require votes voters to show up photo ID. Blah blah. Um, other states have cut back on early voting, a hugely popular innovation used by millions of Americans. Two states reversed earlier reforms and once again disenfranchised millions who have passed criminal convictions but who are now taxpaying members of the community. Still others made it much more difficult for uh, citizens to register to vote, a prerequisite for voting. Uh, these new restrictions fall most heavily on young, minority, and low-income voters. Brett, doesn't that, doesn't that worry you a little bit? I, I, don't, I don't buy it. Low income I can buy, out in the sticks I can buy. But to me, it's almost insulting to say, "Well, if you're a minority, it's harder for you to get an ID." That's ridiculous. 
Why well, is things it getting are, harder? Because it's expensive to get a, a birth certificate. All right, uh, Brett, hold on. We got a, we're having, we got another caller. I'm very excited. Hold oh, on. Oh, well, then, then, then. Don't go anywhere. Go. Don't go anywhere if you don't want to. Hang on. I think I can get you. Hold on. Hello, hello. You're on the air. This is Sean. Who's this? Hey, Sean. It's Louis Van Reed from St. Louis. How are you? I'm doing great. Hold on one second, okay? Sure. If heaven forbid I hang up on you, call right back. Hello, hello. Who's this? Hi, it's Michelle from Florida. Michelle from Florida, you're on the air. Okay, I'm going to put you on hold for a second, okay, Michelle? Okay. If I can, if I can figure it out, I'm going to put you on hold. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> the technology. Okay, hold Sean on. versus the internet. Hello? I think I got it. Hold on, resume this call. Hello, hello? Uh, uh, it's still me. Hey, I'm me. Sure if you're trying to put me on hold. I was. I was. Okay, wait. I got another one. So you are. Are you okay? Hold on. Almost there. Oh, hang on one second. Hello, hello. Hello. All right, you're back. Go hello. ahead. You're in St. Louis, is that right? I'm uh, in St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. We just before a few weeks back. I've been a little busy, but I'm uh, I'm uh, home and listening to you today. All right. Well, we've been uh, a little clumsy today, but what are, what are you thinking about the voter reg stuff? I'm thinking, uh, bang, bang, Maxwell Silver Hammer. Mac had a wonderful, some wonderful comments there just a moment ago. Uh, I think the voter registration stuff, it goes, it goes so much deeper than we realize. Um, the thing that really got my attention is whenever at the top of the show we were talking about, uh, taking the time, getting ourselves educated, all that sort of stuff. I've done what all the rest of us have done. Uh, I've voted the party line or uh, voted, you know, for, for for me, the right to vote was a very big deal always. And so whenever I would go to the polls, I might know what I needed to know about one or two of the folks, but whenever it came to all the local things, I would be relatively lost and uh, it would be like an eeny, meeny, miny, mo or a... You're not alone. A, uh, You're not alone. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I would come away so often feeling great about maybe who I voted for, my national representatives, but wondering what I had done to my sewer tax, you know? <laughs> well, I, I, I find myself sort of a tax-and-spend liberal in the worst sense because I'm like, well, how could you not spend that money on prisons? You need the best prisons. And then I'm like, well, but education, if we want smaller prisons, you got to spend money on education. Like, I mean, yeah, no-brainer. Rehabilitate uh, people. <laughs> but but yeah. you know what? There are nuances. There's little things. Like in order to really do it right, you got to know – how how the system works at at each level how when is that money going to hit the bank account when are, when are you going to make contracts for for those uh you know the building of those schools or the improving of those things uh, the prisons or whatever whatever it is like the devil's in the details and and the details are maybe becoming a little less elusive with the with with the internet and and cell phones and shows like this and whatever but go ahead and finish finish your point well you know the deal is if you care about something and if it does mean something to you, and if you do take uh, politics and all these sorts of things seriously, because all these decisions that are made, they do affect us on some level. Whether they affect us directly, or they affect our neighbor, or they affect our children, they affect us. This is our nation. Whenever we vote, we vote on what could possibly happen between us and uh, England or China or Russia years down the road, depending upon who we put in those chairs. And, and so for me, it's like we have the time. We always have the time for what we care about. We always have the time for what our priorities are. 
And any of us who know how to read, who have access to the Internet, who understand the value and the privilege of voting, need to find more than 20 minutes once in a while to educate ourselves about what's going to be on that ballot and what's happening. Um, I think for me the big eye-opener came whenever I moved back here from Orlando. I went to work in St. Louis. I worked for the city, the St. Louis Development Corporation. And uh, I was, I, were it not for my being able to step up and help them draft the little uh, contracts to make it happen, we would not have our Confluence River Park that we have between the Missouri and uh and uh, Mississippi. Man, that's got to feel good. It's got to feel good when you walk to a park and you go, I helped do that. That's got to feel good. You know, Sean, it was amazing. And I went in there as a temp, and I'm not a paralegal, I'm not an attorney, but I have a real knack for this stuff. And I went in there as a temp, and they had me filing, and they found out I could do some other things, so they kept me on. They didn't know I'd been working at Disney at Legal and, and, and a lot of big law firms all around the country. And I, I, I saw this little things. We had 72 hours to do it. I said, come on, let me make a take a crack at the revisions. And I sent them home with the attorney who should have done it. He came back in the next morning. He dropped his bag and just walked over to me. He didn't even take off his coat and he hugged me. He said, thank you. And, and uh, you know, they got to do that because of me. And whenever I walk out there and I stand by that room, I know that that park is there because I was able to play that essential role in getting it done when we had the money at that moment. And it makes me feel really good. And that's what changed my mind about voting as well. Well, that is because a what a great testimony right there. All right, I'm going to go jump off and talk to, uh, talk to a fellow uh, caller in. But good for you. Thank you for sharing that with us. Okay, well, I'll be back with you soon, Sean. Thanks. Don't, don't wait. Come back fast. Hey, good luck with the rest of the baseball season, too, but don't win any more games, please. <laughs> We're Dodger fans, so. We'll do our best, my dear. <laughs> Bye-bye. Cheers. Uh, all right, I'm coming back on here. I have... There, you're back. Hello there, Florida. Hi, Sean. How you doing? Good. Thanks for waiting. Welcome. Oh, you're cutting out. You're cutting out there. Okay, what are you, what are you thinking about? We're trying to get our heads around the the voter reg uh, uh, law changes and voter suppression and 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 you know it says uh, um, it says of the twelve likely battleground states as assessed by an August LA Times analysis of Gallup polling, six have either cut back on voting rights already or are currently considering new restrictions. And this was just a little bit ago. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I, I wanted to address Brett's idea that it's not, to me, I don't, I'm not a big conspiracy theorist, but I'm a Floridian. I've seen some of the laws that they've been enacting, like the reduction of early voting, and, you know, specifically proportionally, lower income and African-American Latino voters vote higher in percentages than white voters in early voting. And then there was the voter uh, purge of the polls, that was, you know, interesting. They sent out letters to 180,000 registered voters demanding that they prove that they're citizens of the country in 30 days or they'd be taken off the roll. And of those people, I think the number, okay, I'm pretty sure it was 80% were uh, color of, uh, of color and 50% were Latino. I know in Miami-Dade County that of the people that they sent out letters to, 98% were registered 
have returned information that they are citizens. And it just seems like it seems like it's being a target. Like I said, I well, you're not you're not the only one who thinks them. that. There's there's large groups of well organized, well funded people who are trying uh, desperately to address what they see as a as a targeted suppression of, of votes. And that you know, I have lots of articles here about uh, Latinos. Uh, there's even a few I have about Asians. There's a couple uh, and, a, and a ton about African Americans. Just saying that you know, voter rolls are being purged and and the, and they're going through you know certain sounding names. So the the question for me becomes, you know. Who's administering those things? Who's carrying them out? What kinds of you know transparency is there in in you know what, because you know you do want to purge the voter rolls of you know dead people or you know multiples of the same person if people right. have moved in you know so a certain amount of checking for citizenship checking for that stuff it's just it's it's just the uh, it's just due diligence on the part of a healthy uh, you know well organized democracy the the thing that's Terrible is that it seems to be very politically driven, like a lot of the gerrymandering with districts and things, where where you, you target a specific group where it may make the difference in that uh, in that particular area. Let me read a couple more statistics here. Three point two million voters affected by new photo ID laws. New photo ID laws for voting will be in effect for twenty twelve election in five states: Kansas, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, and Wisconsin. All have new ID laws, voter ID laws, uh, which have a combined citizen voting age population of just under twenty nine million. Three point two million, or eleven percent of those potential voters, do not have state issued photo ID. Rhode Island voters are excluded from this count because Rhode Island's new laws requirements are significantly less onerous than those in the other states. Also because it's so small. It's tiny. Uh, so, okay, so now, 240,000 additional citizens and potential voters affected by new proof of citizenship laws. New Oh, citizenship laws. So new proof of citizenship laws will be in effect in three states, Alabama, Kansas, and Tennessee two of which also have new photo ID laws. So if you're living in, in – uh, I would just guess it's Alabama and Tennessee. But if you're living in two of those three states, Alabama, Kansas, or Tennessee, you uh, you have to prove in a new way that you're a citizen and you have to demonstrate uh, a government photo ID. Uh, assuming conservatively that those without proof of citizenship overlap substantially with those without state-issued photo ID, we excluded those two states. The citizen voting age population in the remaining state, Alabama – okay, so I was wrong. So Alabama is 3.43 million. 240,000 or 7% of those potential voters do not have documentary proof of citizenship. I have a few more. I, I, I kind of want to keep going. Are you guys – are you enjoying listening to these uh, stats, Mac? Wrapped. Wrapped. All right. Well, st well there's st – there's, what is it? There's lies, damn lies, and statistics, right? But, um, you know, this – I always – you know, in an argument, I always look to people and say – you know, cite your sources for one. This is the the Brennan Center for Justice at the New York University School of Law, which uh, um, Brett and uh, has uh, as I've kind of indicated my sense, and he sort of seconded that it probably is a, a liberal leaning uh, you know institution. And certainly the way these all thing these things are all characterized, it, it definitely seems uh, liberal bent. But uh, more than five million voters impacted. Okay, so here's a couple more stats. 202,000 voters registered in 2008 through voter registration drives that have now been made extremely difficult or impossible under the new laws. Two states, Florida and Texas, passed laws restricting voter registration drives, okay, that's uh, causing all or most of those drives to stop. 
And voter registration drives, you know, if you look in Florida, I saw some stats that in uh, in uh, if you looked at it progressively over the last 20 years, as the voter drives increased, you know, largely the percentage of African-American uh, new voter registration relative to others was really high. And it just kept growing and growing and growing. And now after this new law, it's expected to just shrink, shrink right down um, to where it was a long time ago. Um, so stopping voter reg drives is seen to be stopping, you know, lower income people, students, minorities. And I think, I think that's terrible because I, like I always say, I think the problem is that we don't have enough people voting. Not that we have too many people voting. It's, Agreed. In percentage of elections, in, you know, the democracy of the world, we're going to be the poster child. And it's like a third of us bother. That's terrible. I was in New Zealand doing Lord of the Rings when uh, Bush v. Gore happened, and I found myself sitting around tables with, you know, really sophisticated people, not just from New Zealand, but from all over the world, you know, who, who were visiting or whatever. And, and uh, I, I was left to defend how, you know, my, you know, the greatest military power that's ever lived and, and uh, you know, the finest democracy in, that the world has ever known sort of was incapable of holding a free and fair election. And it just seemed, you know, it, it, we, we were we were made a mockery of. I mean, we, that's all there is to it. They, they would look at us and they're like, "So wait, the brother of the of the guy who is in doubt is the is running the state where the small you know they're just like it just seemed you know if you look yeah. at it a hundred years from now we're going to seem pretty silly. But uh, let me read a couple more of these things. <laughs> we don't even need a hundred years, man. <laughs> uh, to to um. I, you know, I, I agree with you that it should be easier to vote. It, it should, you know, enacting laws to make it more difficult to vote is is counterintuitive. If you, you know, at the end of the day, at a, at a presidential election, you, you you add up the number of votes and compare it to the number of citizens of this country, and you know, the turnout is less than fifty percent. That's that's not good. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. In two thousand eight, two point three, two point one three million voters registered in Florida, very conservatively, at least eight point two percent, or one hundred seventy six thousand of them did so through drives. Uh, at least five hundred one thousand voters registered in Texas, and at least five point one three percent, or twenty six thousand, did so via drives. So you stop those drives, you're taking away whatever it is, eight percent of the vote, or. 5% of the vote. 60,000 voters registered in 2008 uh, through Election Day voter registration where has now been repealed. So Governor Brown here in California just signed a law saying that we could have same-day elections. Uh, they existed in 2008. 60,000 voters registered on those same-day registration. Those have been repealed. So if they weren't there last year or last cycle, there would have been 60,000 fewer voters. Maine abolished Election Day registration. In 2008, 60,000 Maine citizens registered and voted on Election Day. So you just scrub those 60,000 votes. Uh, one to two million voters who voted, and may, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Mac, you like the, uh, you, you, Brett kind of didn't mind it. You really liked it. I don't know how I feel about same-day registration. I think I like it. Um, Make it easier to vote, man. Make it easier to vote. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm with them. Well, my conservative, I'm sure some of my conservative friends would say, listen, just because you have more voters doesn't mean you have better voters. They, what you really want is, a, is a, a, an informed electorate making decisions. And I sort of agree with that, except that uh, I'm sure that you know newly freed slaves right after Reconstruction who were making their vote weren't necessarily up on some of the you know nuances of the law, but had a pretty good feeling who they felt comfortable with representing them. I, you know what's what's crazy to me. I'd like to see the numbers. You know uh, of like you know, the percentage of turnout for 
national elections as compared to the number of people who vote for who wins on American Idol. Oh, that's crazy. And I'm certain that America... I think The Voice is more popular now, though. Uh, or, the or, voice. or The Voice. You know, any, any one of those television shows where, you know, where people can, can send in their, you know, text in their vote, the participation is, th- is through the roof. Yeah. It, because, you know what, because it's easy. Because it's simple, because it's easy, and because they have a. They Who would have, you have yeah. sitting in the red chairs, like during the during the debates? You know, Romney justices, says something, or, man, oh, they, they push the button, yeah. they spin the chair around. Oh. And you're like, I, I believe in you. So, you can do it. So do my <laughs> Uh, but, um, you know, no, no, but you know, I don't, I don't know that I agree a hundred percent. I mean, I'd like people to be informed, but I think vote that when you vote, it's supposed to be a collective will of the people, and and I think it also would help if when candidates talk to people, all people, they actually spoke to them like in, in vernacular that it wasn't fifth grade, and case both sides give us an actual plan, I, give us the details, don't don't give us the broad. I don't want your talking points. And the flag pins are great, and I, I love America, I love flags, but I'd like to know what your plan is. You want an informed electorate, but every election is, is just uh, rhetoric and talking points, and it drives me freaking crazy to listen to these things. Sometimes. Well, I, I think I get the spirit of what you're saying, but I don't, I don't 100% agree, because now, now the trick is filtering through the overwhelming amount of data that is available to everybody. You know, the, yeah. the fact checkers, I have this, this great interview with the fact check folks and, uh, at factcheck.org that I haven't been playing yet. But, uh, but alright, let me let you go because I see a 720 number calling in here. I want to, I, I love that okay. we're, it's always like in the bottom half of the show, people decide to get brave and call in. So don't be a stranger. Please call back again. And I think your, uh, your, your, your insight is, um, is, is meaningful. Thanks. Thanks, Okay. Bye for now. Hello. 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 Hey there. <laughs> Uh, Brett, I'm sorry I dropped you. Uh, go ahead. Who's this? This is Sean. You're on the air. This is Diane. Hi, Diane. Where are you calling from? I'm wondering. Hello. Hey, Diane. Where are you calling from? Uh, Colorado. Colorado. Cool. I'm wondering what your solution would be. How do you go about making voting easier and registering the vote easier, but not so easy that they're registering non-citizens? Well, I think my my solution would be too expensive. You know, I think yeah. maybe I could go for the idea of a card, you know, that's that's a voter ID card. Uh I don't know if I'd have the address on it because people change their address and so forth, but but whatever, some some way to to verify. But, you know, spend 4 years making sure that each and every single citizen of age has it and it doesn't cost them a nickel or a step you know it just get it's just delivered right to them on a silver platter uh and then they have to make the the effort to you know not lose it and bring it there i kind of i kind of like that idea but that would be way too expensive um you know the way the system is designed now it's up to it's largely up to the states you know i mean i have a thing here making voter registration harder at least 13 states introduced bills to end the highly popular election day and same day voter reg uh, limit voter reg mobilization efforts. Reduce. I don't know. You know, it's like we're, we're. I don't know. I wish I had the solution. I wish I had the solution. I, I think. I think if people were to understand that there is a historical context that people's votes, people have been disenfranchised systematically from the time our country was founded, and if we and and I think that what I would do is say, let's all have as the, let's agree. That making it easy for those people to vote, for everybody who's been historically or is presently uh, excluded from the system, who has a constitutional right not to be, 
then we could do what Megan Kelly says and what Brett says, which is to do our best as neighbors and friends to to try and have bring everyone out to the polls with a sense of why they're there and a sense of doing what they want. But th- that requires um, community. It requires a media that doesn't polarize everybody all the time. It requires making it easy for people to speak up a little, which you're about to do, you know, and it's, so it's not a, uh, there's no like one law that can be done. I think what I want is a spirit of inclusion to be fostered with, with, within our body politic. And that means conversation by conversation, you know, every single day. What's your thought? Yeah. One of the, one of the problems I have with the way that it is now, at least here in Colorado is recently I went to an event and I had a, um, Chinese exchange student with me, and they had her filling out the papers to register to vote. She was all excited about this, <laughs> and I kept telling them, "No, no, no, she's not from here." And they're like, "Oh, we know, we know." And I paid attention to something else for a few minutes. Turned back around, she's sitting down at the thing and has her form half filled out, and she speaks English very well, pretty good for an exchange student. But and I told them, I said, no, 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 she's from China. And they're like, oh, yeah, she said that. And I'm like, she's 16, and she's a Chinese citizen. She cannot register to vote. <laughs> and they kind of looked at me like they were a little confused. And I took her paper, and I, you know, pulled her away. <laughs> well, tell you what, that's... Like, no, they say I can vote. <laughs> no, like, no, that's, no, no, that's how you, you cannot. That's how you win an election right there. You Wait, hold the on, I'm coming, I'm coming right back. Hold on one second. Hello, hello, it's Sean, you're on the air. Sean, hi, it's Mohammed. Oh, hey, Mohammed, uh, are you calling through uh, Skype? I am. How's it? How's the line? Uh, it's good, but I'm going to put you on hold. I just want to make sure it isn't costing you money to put you on hold. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. Okay, mate, hold on. Okay, you're back. Sorry about that. Oh, okay. I was kind of done with my thoughts. Okay, well, no, it's it, uh, it's funny because you know you did your civic duty and uh, and both modeled what our uh, democracy is about for your friend and guest, and you protected our democracy from an from an out, from a uh, from a self inflicted uh, wound. So so you deserve uh, you deserve two merit badges on that one. Uh, hopefully, one would think that the um, your friend wouldn't have lied, and then when they tried to process that, it would not have gone through uh, because it, or she wouldn't have been of age. But uh, but anyhow, the one thing that I've learned, and I learned this from uh, I think it was the time I had my first house, and I was probably 21. Uh, my wife and I lived in Sherman Oaks, and and um, the polling place was a was a garage across the street from our house. And I remember slipping the the ballot in the box and knowing that it was my friend who then had to take the box and, and you know, after it was, you know, the poll was closed and open it up and sort through things and put it in there. And I thought, boy, what's to stop him from just discarding the ones he didn't like? You know, or I knew what his political thing was and it was opposite to me. And what I realized is in a democracy, we have to work together. It requires trust. You have to trust people, and, and the um, the unfortunate thing is that a lot of people aren't trustworthy. So you yeah. know we, we have to we have to take great care in who we let administer our elections. And and I think you know the the other big lesson I've learned is that he who knows the rules wins the game. 
You know, as soon as the Bush v. Gore thing started, you know, went into the legal mode and you saw our legal team and you saw the other legal – by ours, I'm a Democrat. But if you saw both legal teams, it was clear that the Republican legal team was way better suited to – you know, way better postured to win that fight. Uh, you know, for no other reason than several of the Supreme Court justices were appointed by the father. But that's that's not be that as it may. When I read, when I when I you know, oh man, if you, if you read it, if you read it in a script in '95, you would have been like, like nah, nobody's going to buy not, this. It's, not, it's, too, it's phony. It's but fake. my it's my point is, those li- uh, lawyers, liars, those lawyers, Jim Baker is great. He was. I'd want him on my legal team any day. Uh, and it was. And so the point is, they knew the ins and outs of the rules. The Clintons, Obama. Uh, the Bushes know the rules, the registration rules, the the delegate seating rules, the you know all all a way up and down. It, it's very important that you know what the rules are. It's a it's a it's a it's a game like Monopoly. Only instead of the stakes being paper money and a few hours at dinner, it, it's the stakes are life and death. The stakes are education and and health and military and all those things. But but it is structured with rules, so we must all know and and. Some people, the pe- like I say, the people who know it win. All right, I'm going to jump off and talk to Mohammed. He's got uh, something totally infuriating to focus our attention on right now. Um, thank you for calling in, and good luck. Uh, good luck getting. Why don't you get some of your other? If you, if it's still legal and eligible, why don't you get a hundred of your friends out there and get them registered and bring them out with you on election day? All right. <laughs> All right, at least two. Come on now, let's let's be straight. All right, call in next week too. Okay. Okay. Bye. All right, here comes Mohammed. Mohammed. Hello, Sean. How are you? Good. Say hello to my brother, Mac, who's guest hosting with me. Hello, Mac. It's a very <laughs> dashing uh, black hat you're sporting. Oh, cheers, Mohammed. Blue, blue. It's Dodger well, blue. Turn it around. Come on. It's, yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> Dodger that's, blue. It's that's, that's quite all right. I, I, think, I think he meant a little more than that. Oh. <laughs> well, um, oh, my gosh. Okay, there's so many things to say. Aloha, um, Mohammed. Welcome to the show. I really enjoyed uh, your call uh, from a couple of weeks ago. Was, uh, no, you're, you're, very, you're very welcome. Thank you. Bef- before we jump into that other issue, can I just touch on the voter uh, well, it's not voter fraud, but it's voter registration issue that you've been discussing. Is that all right, just for a second? Yeah, yes, so, so, some um, people call it suppression, the vote, you know, but go ahead. Well, well a, a few of you callers have rung in, and they have said um, something which I have to take an issue with, which is that they've referred to America as a democracy. <laughs> and, 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 and all joking aside, I'm not a rep- exactly We're a republic? Sure. America can be defined as a democracy. Um, if, if you, only false, if you spell... If it's a false impression. Oh, oh, let it finish. Let, oh, let no, it finish. No, if you spell it O-L-I-G-A-R-C-H-Y, then it's definitely a democracy. Oh, brother. Well, I, uh, one of the things that... that well, how would you define us? Need, yeah, one of the things your listeners need to be aware about is the fact that America, I mean, from, from my understanding, I mean, I'm a, I'm a political commentator and a social commentator in, in, in the UK, but one of the things that um, a, a lot of people, even in, in, in the UK and in the States, are unaware of is that the United States is a constitutional republic. And although it has some similarities to democracy in that it uses democratic processes, well, well, or, or they should be democratic processes, to elect representatives and pass new laws, the difference is in the fact that a constitutional republic has a constitution that limits the powers of the government. Although your constitution spells out how the government is structured, and it puts checks and balances on the balancing power between different branches, one of the things that should be clear is that the goal of a constitutional republic is to avoid tyranny or mob rule. And 
one of the one of your callers asked you what what would you propose and the difficulty in in proposing uh, an alternative solution at the minute is that many of the people we're expected to elect and to or, or in the states we're expected to elect and put into power unfortunately serve the same class of people um if you ever get time there is a fantastic uh video that is available on youtube and other places from uh, uh, an award-winning australian journalist called john pilger and john pilger gave a speech in california a couple of years ago yeah i saw it obama. i've seen it i've seen it yeah obama and empire and, it, and it's a and it's a really a chilling take on the current state of the American uh, political class and how difficult it is for people to uh, have a have a real say. But I think that the work you're doing is is incredibly important in in getting people to think. So I, I just wanted to put that on the on the uh, on on the voter disenfranchisement because five million voters or whatever it is who are going to be disenfranchised across some of the most important swing states in the in in America. Is it could be absolutely pivotal. So it's really important that, uh, although I'm not a huge Obama fan, he's the lesser of two evils, and so I would strongly recommend people get out there and well, vote. One has him. one has to do kind of systemically with what's going on, and the other has to do as a partisan kind of uh, you know um, leaning one way or the other. But uh, what I would say is the Republic, constitutional Republic, as I understand it, you know, really goes to the fact that we try and send uh, a lot of power uh, to the states, that the states are able to retain as much autonomy as they can within, you know, whatever limits uh, are, are prescribed. But, but, and the, but the, the representative democracy, the idea, you know, not with the, uh, the electoral college makes it very, you know, there's a lot of people who want us to talk about that on the show. Maybe we will in the coming weeks. But, but uh, the idea that, you know, one man, one vote or one person, one vote, one citizen, one vote, um, and that you are representing at least every two years, you know, uh, someone from your area to go represent you in, in, in Washington. I think that that principle of democracy is what we're, we're talking about. And the premise of the question about like what would you do differently I think uh, assumes that uh, something is wrong. And I, and I think everyone would agree that the, the, the voter apathy, that the, the lack of inclusion in the system by people who have, you know, have a constitutional uh, right to, to – you know, to enfranchisement um, is is not is not not optimal for the health of the of the country. So you know, uh, and and you know, you're always trying to make things better. You're always trying to you know tamp down uh, uh, abuses and 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 other kinds of uh, you know things that go wrong in in, in these things. So I, I mean, I would give our American. Uh, representative democracy, our, democracy, our elections, uh, you know, like a B, maybe even a B plus, which is a lot <laughs> higher than a lot of people would give it. But a lot of the um, poll workers that I've talked to, and the the people who administer, you know, from a state level, to, uh, uh, you know, uh, elections, have said. You know, maybe they have a, uh, and they're people that who seem reasonable, and they make a reasonable case when I talk to them. Uh, and I, I don't, I'm not, you know, out to uh, judge them too harshly. But they say that they think, you know, as many problems as there are, uh, that the vote by and large reflects the will of the people on a given day. So obviously, in 2000, when the presidential election is there, that issue is way in doubt. But <clears throat> that's that's you know, so so. But I appreciate your. Um, drawing those distinctions. I think, well, I, I just want to say I think one of the one of the difficulty, and, and you highlight a really important point, which is voter apathy. How can we get more people out to vote? And I think if you ask the common man in the street in in any country why they don't vote, 
often they'll say they don't believe their vote uh, uh, makes a difference. I mean, in the, in the United States at the minute, almost half of all children live on low incomes, and about 15 million live uh, in poverty. And, we, you know, when we, when we look at some of the promises that Obama made when he came into power, and, and you know, I'm a Fox News buff, and I'm, I'm not here. You know, Sean Hannity gets my, gets my back up quite regularly, um, but it's important to know what the, what the right is saying. Um, you know, when we look at the promises Obama had made about closing Guantanamo and other things that traditionally you'd expect to see from the left, we've seen him repeal more gun uh, control laws than um, Bush did uh, across, across his terms. And that is within, within the first couple of years. We've seen many things that you wouldn't expect a, a, a Democrat or a, a president from the left doing like um, strengthening and extending um, the Patriot Act, like not closing Guantanamo Bay, like, you know, there have been uh, somewhere in the region of 300 drone uh, attacks in the Middle East, which a lot of people are not aware of. This has become standard policy. So we have a, an incredibly uh, hawkish, uh, aggressive foreign policy, although, and, you know, we're still fighting wars on two, three, maybe four fronts, uh, and I say we, I mean we as in the, the Allied forces of the West, um, and we see a lot of the uh, traditional support that is on the left, unions and, and, and democratic groups and organizations who should be rallying to support Obama. Once they saw Obama in power, I think they looked at him and thought, well, you know, the, the, the war's won. We now have a, our first black president, a Democrat on the left, talking about peace, talking about building better foreign relations, better relations with the Muslim world. Um, we had Pelosi, and, and so suddenly it looked, things looked rosy, but when you actually look at the track record of Obama, I think it's very worrying. And for the man on the street who's struggling to pay his bills, for the uh, mother who is uh, thinking about what food she can put on the table, for all of those millions and millions who are uninsured, who are jobless, homeless, who are, uh, don't have access to Medicare, and now it's being called Obamacare or Romney Care and Hillary care and things have been uh, pushed to the sidelines, you can understand why they don't want to vote. You can understand why they are feeling apathetic. And actually, the response needs to be people need to become more political, need to be more engaged, more active, hold people's feet to the fire, become more understanding about the democratic processes, more understanding about what people's policies are. And, and the point you made earlier on in your show that why aren't people thinking about who they are voting for and why they're voting get more news sources, get independent news sources, look outside of your borders and boundaries. I, I think there's an incredibly strong case for saying that the American electorate has got an incredible amount of power, if only they knew. If only they knew. All right. I think you, uh, I think you, you know. Beautifully put. Beautifully put and well said and absolutely true from uh, this black hat perspective. <laughs> Thank you. I, I just want to raise a couple of really quick questions before I dash off. And I, I'm sure you've got lots of callers, but... Um, from the, um, if you like, the Muslim perspective from across the pond, um, it was really concerning this week to see, um, and I don't know how many of your listeners are New Yorkers, but to see the, um, I suppose you can call them hate posters, which are on the subway system. Yeah, yeah. And um, a, a very interesting lady. The American Freedom Defense Initiative purchased ads for the New York subway system that read, in any war between civilized man and the savage, support the civilized man. Support Israel, defeat jihad. Those were the uh, those, and then I think the picture 
Looks like of a of a. I can't really tell, but from the but it looks like a woman kind of angrily talking in a microphone. Maybe. Oh yeah, uh, maybe that's Mona, the uh, the correspondent, the Egyptian correspondent who uh, yeah who decided to spray paint over over the advertisement in order you know to right. To, do you know what do you know about statement. her, Mac? Uh, she's beautiful. She's forty five. She's Egyptian. <laughs> uh, she does a a, a stand up job uh, standing up for what she wanted to stand up for in the YouTube clip you see there. She also went to the clink, I think, to put her in the post. Oh yeah, for, no, she well, bit. she defaced uh, you know property, and so they. But they... she she you know she raises a very important uh, issue there, and and that that uh, that whole campaign is just. Um, you know, again, I uh, it's 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 not in very good taste. Um, but uh, you know, to quote uh, Chomsky, I believe if if we don't uh, if we don't believe in the right to free speech for those who we despise, then we don't believe in it at all. Uh, and the fact remains that uh, there there is there is the right to you know to to put that kind of stuff out there. It's the you know, it's, interfaith center. I, I, of, I, don't know, I don't know that there is. Is there? I'm not sure that there I, is. I mean, it might qualify as hate speech. It, 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 Here's it, what the Interfaith Center close. of New York uh, said. They rejected the ads and the Jewish Community Relations Council of New York released a statement while agreeing with the U.S. District Court's ruling that the placement of the AFDI ad in the New York subway system is protected so the people who don't like it, you know, is protected under the First Amendment to the Constitution. Nonetheless, they wrote, we find the ad's content to be decidedly prejudiced and dangerously inflammatory. The broad mainstream of the New York Jewish community does not equate its unwavering support for Israel with intolerance for Muslims or their faith. We will continue to work with leaders of the Muslim and other faith and ethnic communities within the demographic university, uh, within the demographic diversity of New York to strengthen the communal collective and improve the quality of trade man's life for all i think there's a, i think there's a distinction which we're missing and it's a concern that certainly a lot of uh muslims and non-muslims uh, across the world have voiced over the last few weeks we we had a chat a couple of weeks ago about the um uh the constitutional right to free speech and whether it's in the right place whether the balance is right now just looking at the first amendment um uh, you know uh, right uh, the, the right to free speech um we know that the um, the uh, Supreme Court has put limits on the right to free speech. Yes, a fire in a crowded theater, that sort of thing. Well, yeah, fire in a crowded theater, but often people misunderstand fire in a crowded theater. What the, the, the rules that were put in place were first talking about uh, one of the limits should be that freedom of speech shouldn't incite uh, violence. I think that they used clear and present danger, but um, obviously that, that's now a film, so there's no point in proving that. But... Um, one of the later cases in the 60s or 70s talked about um, either advocating the use of force or producing an imminent lawless action. So when we look at the Innocence of uh, Muslims film, which has caused so many protests and, and outrages across the world, and uh, under the cover of one of those protests, the, the, the very sad death of um, uh, Chris Stevens, the ambassador in Benghazi, and uh, 10 Muslim soldiers, Libyans, who were trying to defend him at the time, um, one, one of the things I'm worried about is the fact that if YouTube's own uh, guidelines and their own conditions state that uh, incitement to violence or, or uh, a breach of the peace or, it, you know, it, not conducive to the public good, that kind of very woolly talk, uh, if that video has breached that, if the video has also breached your uh, restrictions on your freedom of speech, your constitutional freedom of speech because it was intended to incite, it was intended to create violence, then the first question is, why aren't uh, the courts in the US, at least on that basis, on the most obvious case, 
where there's been a, a, a freedom of speech, a First Amendment case. Why haven't they come down harder? Why haven't YouTube, even the corporations, are not pulling the videos? On, on, you, on YouTube. Yeah, I, this is, this is, Sean, that's a question that you ought to handle because I think that, that my answer is far too dark. Um, no, no, well, but I'm trying to – go ahead. Is gonna be, well, that opens the door. That then, once that door's been opened to the maximum extent, which is we are not going to police this at all, it then opens the door for hate speech and these kind of posters, doesn't it? Well, I think um, the subjectivity that comes into play when evaluating those two things is what problematizes – uh, the the free you know inhibiting free speech because if you're going to inhibit it for this then not for that. My take is let's stipulate. Um, it's clear from the from Muslims around the world and has been for some time and and there's ample evidence to show that depicting the Prophet Muhammad uh, in uh, fictitious manner or or in other ways that. Um, uh, is is just by its very nature uh, an offense, and then to go to such an extreme as to you know that that video did uh, you know you know just just calling him all, all kind of, just saying all kinds of horrible things um, that felt to my uh, and I don't think this is the law talking right here. I'm just saying from my subjective point of view that felt intentionally insightful. Never mind that. The guy did state, the filmmaker, that that was his intent to prove that there would be a violent reaction. These uh, – the the, um, the poster, the offensive posters in New York, um, to call someone a savage and to say, you know, defeat jihad, I mean, I don't know. Is the word defeat an inciting word? Um, I I feel that there it's, – it's not helpful to any kind of relations – but you know the. <sighs> can I try and sh can I can I can I for a second try and shine some light on this issue about the poster? I think the video for me is is clearly beyond the line. It's clearly beyond the pale. When you when you look at the constitutional situation, Supreme Court rulings, when you look at um, limits on inciting violence or obscenity, I mean you have to remember that for Muslims they elevate the prophet to the st station where. Um, we hold him above even the standing of our own family, our own mother. So if somebody, if you're a Muslim and somebody insults a prophet, it's worse than if somebody insulted your own mother. Now, and your own family, now you might think it's, I can understand people who think that's a bit absurd to put somebody on such a standing, but nonetheless that is the case. But if we, if we put the movie to one side for a minute and we look at the posters, the, the situation in Israel, and I know it's a very sensitive and a, and a touchy subject for a lot of people, it's clearly a political situation. There are Arabs who are Christians. There are Arabs who are Muslims. There are Arabs who are Zoroastrians. Palestinians come in all uh, sizes, shapes, colors, and religious affiliations. However, what this poster says is, you must support Israel and defeat Jihad. And it puts Israel on one side and all Muslims on the other side. Because it makes no distinction about a political conflict. It makes no distinction between a, a political crisis um, you, you, you know, for, for those listeners who are uh, uh, perhaps not so keen on history, uh, they may have missed the fact that prior to the 1940s, all of that territory, and prior to the First and Second World War, that territory was an Islamic territory, and that land was taken by the British with the support of the British Metropolitan Police um, under a British mandate, and then literally handed to European settlers. There were some Sephardic Jews there, but handed to uh, European 
Jewish settlers who came to the region escaping um, uh, anti-Semitic persecution in Europe at the hands of Europeans. All right, you covered, you so, covered Mohammed, you covered so much ground. <laughs> I want to like, let's, let's zero in just for the moment before we, we you know, we, we can talk about a greater historical reading on the, you know, we, we can talk history and we can talk, you know, its, its impact and so forth. And, and obviously this right. is the root of so much, you know, the, the difference of opinion here is the root of a lot of violence and terrible, you know, misgivings between governments and everything else. But, but the free speech issue is sort of the mo issue of the moment because, you know, right now billions of people have a computer and they can communicate with every, you know, with all those billions of other with a click of a button and, and, you know, people's lives hang in the balance if, if people do that irresponsibly. So let me let me play. I think it'll play here. I want to play Obama defends free speech at the U.N. Uh, the other day. I think this is going to I haven't previewed it. So if it's not right, forgive me. But l let's hear what he says. Here we go. It is uh, spinning wheel of death time over here at Toad Hop. Open the pod so, bay door. <laughs> so I'll put that on pause for a minute. Do you think. Uh, well, it's, it's loading now, but do you, uh, do you think it's hate speech, the, the poster itself on the thing, Mohammed? Yeah, I do, I do. I think, I think it, this is misinformation, disinformation. We have an incredibly um, uneducated uh, electorate. Family. What's the misinformation? Is, uh, what piece of information is wrong? Well, for a start, jihad, for, from an Islamic context, means to strive and to struggle. Your efforts on uh, your radio station and on um, Vox Populi and uh, uh, Toto Network, I mean, your, those efforts to inform people and to get people thinking is, by definition, a jihad. Beautiful. It needs to strive and to struggle. There are somewhere in the region of 10 or 13 definitions of jihad. Most of them are about battling your own self, your inner demons, your circumstances to improve yourself, to have patience, to uh, increase your knowledge, to improve the relations with your family and your friends and to be more worshipful, more humble, you know, these are all jihads. One form of jihad is, is fighting, if you like, fighting talk, armed, uh, self-defense. So to take uh, an Islamic concept, which means um, uh, in, in almost every situation other than self-defense, peaceful reflection, um, if you saw a Buddhist meditating, the Islamic word for that would be jihad. So to take, to take something like that completely out of context, to paint it in the picture, well, saying, Mohammed, well, I don't think you say completely out of Israel's on the other. I don't think you say completely out of context. I mean, oh. uh, unless unless the the unless you're saying that the propaganda, you could ask Sean, you could ask every single American, and and ninety nine point ninety nine 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 percent would say that their understanding of the word jihad means a religious war against somebody. Right, else. and when I and that, that's Absolutely. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm saying why does that why is that the case? The pro, it's because of uh, you know the media has propaganda. The, the wrong definition. It, it, is, it is in the best interests of those who, uh, I mean, this is going to get dark, but it's in the best interests of those who stand to make a lot of money by, by propagating the idea, uh, the idea that there is this madman killer out there uh, that needs to be defended against. Um, it, 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 it behooves them to propagate the, the, the wrong word there, or the, the wrong definition of, of what is, uh, I, I am learning now, a beautiful word. Well, I think, well, Mac, Mac, firstly, if you don't mind me saying, you're absolutely on the money. I think the question I'll ask Sean and both of you and any of your listeners is, am I a savage? Because yeah. the use of the term savage and civilized man, they're intentionally inflammatory. Savage is a loaded word, that, uh, it's, it's a loaded word and, it, and it makes us think about 
the dehumanization of people, of African Americans, Native Americans. It makes us think about pre-Columbian era. It, it puts images in our minds of um, Apocalypto and people chopping each other's heads off. And it, and it says that anybody who stands against Israel is a savage. And, and if that is not disinformation, not just misinformation, disinformation, if that is not propagating a false premise, which is, if you disagree with the, um, the concept of the nation-state of Israel, and, and that is a huge topic, I know, but what it says is that people like... No the word Trump concept, the word concept, I'm pretty sure, would, was, is our fighting words, too. <laughs> well, well, okay, look, look I, mean, I mean, Zionism, I mean, the establishment of a state in, in Israel saying we have a divine right here, albeit Jesus is a Palestinian, and the Palestinians lived here for thousands of years uninterrupted, and we're just going to come and literally take your homes, the keys off your hands, and the British Metropolitan Police Force from London are going to stand in the street and hold you back, which is literally what happened Listen, in the 1940s. Mohammed, try not to get, um, let your facts get in the way of our narrative. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Keep going. Things, uh, well, just to be clear, this is me shaking my head at both of you. Go on, go on. <laughs> The, the, I think uh, I think Mac and I need to sit down and have a coffee. Amen. I, I, I don't think, think you, you need I think to. I think you guys are already. You know, one drinks the coffee. Both both of it. You know, <laughs> you both consume it with that. Listen, the 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 idea that the word jihad is totally misunderstood by um, the American public uh, as a function of. The mass media, the mainstream media's uh, emphasis of its relationship to violence is um, is is really unfortunate. Uh, but maybe by putting that inflammatory poster up, it created an opportunity for us and for anyone else to. Stand next to it, and when any visible Muslim walks by, I go, you know, I don't feel this way. I, I told this is not me. Like, please, you, you can't, you know, you can't choose your family. You know, you kind of. And then, you know, would you do me a favor and tell? We all believe that the word, uh, you know, jihad, as we've heard espoused from any number of um, voices slash terrorists slash. Uh, political foes is it means one thing. Let's 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 work together to inform each other as to the, the many other places and ways that that word and, and maybe take some of the uh, take some of the the, the the sting out of it. And the in but you know violence is awful mm-hmm. on all sides at all time, and there is enough blame to go round and round, and you know. It's wrong to be an apologist. It's wrong to be uh, to, to be a, a revisionist in terms of history. Um, but in a real time discussion about things that are happening in real time, I think all people of goodwill have to try and diffuse the tension that exists in the conversation and then build on understanding from there. There's, I, I know we're running out of time, but there's something that I remember seeing on C-SPAN uh, a couple of years back. It was uh, Representative Lewis, who, from whom we heard a little bit earlier today, John Lewis, who was uh, on the forefront of the fight for civil rights, for the right to vote for African Americans uh, back in the 60s. Uh, somebody asked him a question. Uh, it was during an interview. Somebody asked him a question about how he found 
the ability to get up after being struck uh, both physically and, and metaphorically so many times uh, during the 60s. And he, his answer was, was one that was absolutely gorgeous and I think is applicable in, in this particular situation. He said that you had to remember back then when you looked up into the eyes of somebody with a baton who was about to you know, get you with it, that that person was a baby at one point. That person was an infant at one point who wanted nothing more than to be held and loved and taken care of. And in the time between that infancy and the striking of the baton, uh, there's been a lot of bad information put into that into that person. And 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 in you know, with that in mind, uh, I, th- I, th- I think you're absolutely right, Sean. It's it's an opportunity to to inform people. Let me. Uh, it's really upsetting me <clears throat> that this spinning wheel of death on my YouTube thing is stopping me from playing Don't this worry, little... I'll, I'll, I'll add one thing. One of, the, one of the things I saw on Twitter today, which was wonderful, and I will catch up with you on Twitter after the show, I'm sure, was a, a Jewish lady had put a poster up next to one of these Pamela Geller hate posters, and it said, I am a jihadi Jew, I think is entitled, and, and then it goes on to describe what the meaning of jihad. So Beautiful. the point you're making, and... Um, uh, a point that I think uh, even some of our, uh, you know, more more famous um, uh, uh, speakers have, have spoken about, whether it's um, uh, uh, Buddha or John Lennon or Mother Teresa or Jimi Hendrix saying that the power of love overcomes um, uh, the love of power and then the world will know peace. This gives a great opportunity for people to actually stand up and make their voice heard and to make their point known. I don't agree. The way to do it is like Mona Al-Tahawi and spray pink paint over the posters and deface. Don't break laws. Find a peaceful way. Find a democratic way. But we need to talk more and get the information out there. Wow. Amen. So you're saying Amen. As even though it's, uh, it's inflammatory and insightful in your estimation and disinformation, don't break the law in defacing the property. Find a more constructive way to address it. That's what I just heard you say. Absolutely. Well, I don't think there's anybody in our constellation of uh, listeners who wouldn't think that that has merit. I'm going to uh, thank you, Mohammed, and thank we'll you, catch Muhammad. up with you on Twitter. Let me see if I can play this. We're getting ready in to go country. out. In every country, here we go. There are those who find different religious beliefs threatening. In every culture, those who love freedom for themselves must ask themselves uh, how much they're willing to tolerate freedom for others. That is what we saw play out in the last two weeks, as a crude and disgusting video sparked outrage throughout the Muslim world. Now, I have made it clear that the United States government... Oh, this is so frustrating. Johnny Ice, you're killing me, man! What's going on? Basically, he said it doesn't give anybody the right to do violence, and I agree with him completely, and it sounds uh, Mohammed agreed, but... You can't just say, don't do violence, and then stick your head in the sand. You have to say, don't do violence, and then look across to your neighbor and your friend, whether you agree with them or not, and say, how can I understand you a little better? Mackenzie Aston, thank you for joining me today. Brett, thanks for Florida. Thanks to uh, our other Florida caller and St. Louis. Thank you, Johnny Ice. Mohammed, thanks for calling across the pond. I thank... All that there are to thank. We're coming down a little bit here before the debates. We'll pay attention. I look forward to hearing uh, my Twitter followers, including uh, Scarlett Moriel, Lupe, who's call I didn't play, I wanted to. Um, Mary Ellen, Julie Hancock, 32. Uh, Raven and Wood. Um, uh, Sean Aston fan, Christina B. Who, CB Demented. 
all of you people who are out there uh, contributing every day to the conversation. Earth and Blue Sky 7, uh, thank you. Thank you all. We'll see you next week, Vox Populi. Aloha. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching.